Heresy and betrayal. These are the words being used to describe the treachery of the war master Horus and his three brothers, Mortarian, Fulgrim and Angron, against the innocent hive world of Istvan III. Once a flourishing planet, now a wasteland, desolate and lifeless, after the Emperor's favoured son unleashed the Imperium's greatest weapon, the deadly Life Eater Virus. However, all is not lost. Some valiant legionaries survive the onslaught thanks to some quick thinking and a timely warning. Hidden deep within a bunker, under the Coral City, these legionnaires broadcast the truth across the galaxy. Forever hunted, they have vowed to broadcast as long as possible and remain free. Radio Free Istvan. What's going on, Radio Free Istvan listeners? Welcome to... Episode 32 of the Radio Freest Van Podcast. Uh, my name is Michael, coming to you live from uh, Victoria, Texas, and I got my co-host Ryan here. Go and say what's going on, Ryan. What's going on, everybody? And, I went uh, back to it for Michael. Thank you so much. And he's out of uh, he's out of Indiana. You know, y'all got a nice little snow over there and all that jazz, all frozen tundra. It's supposed it's supposed to snow. It's not guy here yet. My wife is showing me on the radar. It's supposed to snow. So I think we got a cold front moving in. It's going to drop a little snow on us. <laughs> it's blue. Look at the radar. It's blue. Yeah. All right. So before we get in our like, ridiculous off-topic banter that we're going to always do whenever we even mention weather, let's go and let the horse Heresy listeners know what they're about to get into in this episode. So... All right, guys. So obviously, we're gonna do our normal like opening where we like we talk to each other about fun stuff that we've been doing and all that jazz. It's probably not even horse hairs related. Uh, we're gonna go over some hobby progress like we normally do. For those of y'all that remember from the last episode, we now have a hotline set up. And uh, you know what? Let me go ahead and just throw that number out there in case you want just want to give it a call real quick. Oh. <gasps> I gotta bring stuff up. So it that, starts with a two. It's two oh nine RFI thirty K zero. So I mean, I don't know what those numbers are off the top of my head, but uh yeah, you just gotta give us a call, leave us a voicemail. We have two voicemails that we're gonna play for you guys. And one of them was they, they tried to redact it, but we're gonna play it anyway because we think it's so cool. Uh and then we got two questions that we got over Facebook Messenger that we're gonna go ahead and read off and discuss we have a whole bunch of lists we have daniel sent in a world leaders 2500 point list uh jack sent in a 2000 point death guard list christian sent in a 2500 point ultramarines list john sent in his 2500 point salamanders list we have a sons of horus list and uh last list we're gonna go over is manny he has a militia list that we're going to go ahead and cover and then at the very end of all of these emails and lists that we're going to go over our buddy ryan came in and uh is going to go ahead and go over a bat rep we already have that recorded so we'll play that after everything it's a bat rep with mechanicum versus uh an imperial knight army with some allied space marines so uh look forward to that guys just uh just so y'all know what we're about to get into it's gonna be it's gonna be a long it's gonna be a long one so yeah big listener episode like we got so many we got more emails between last episode and this episode than we've ever gotten by a wide margin and messages and questions and everything else would you would you say that that's fair that's very fair definitely Uh, especially messages like messages are off the charts right now like it's just uh radio free us to van facebook page guys if you have questions for us 
Uh, we generally respond pretty quickly. I will tell you 100% honestly, if you leave us a voicemail, I'm definitely going to like, it's going on the show. Like, it's going to happen. Like, it, <laughs> like, I love the voicemails. I love hearing your sweet little voices out there and knowing that you're taking the time to give us a call. It's like, I feel like this is how grandparents feel when they're like their grandkids call them. I say, like, oh, J- Johnny called me again. So, I don't know. But anyway, that's what we got for y'all this episode. Uh, what's going on, Ryan? What's uh? Not much, man. Not much. Same old, same old stuff. Uh, had the you know went back to like last week was the short week because of the holidays and all that stuff. This week was like you know full normal week, getting a little bit back to normal right before we goes Abby normal again due to Christmas. Um. But other than that, you know, pretty standard stuff. Uh, found out, we talked about the Battletech pods last episode. Yes. And you were, like, lamenting the fact that you never got to try them out. Yeah, man. Like, that's, like, a big part of my childhood I missed, I feel like. We got several messages two or, from two or three different sources, unrelated sources, that not only do those things still exist, but they have them at Gen Con every year. I want to know, like, I want to know if there's like a line for them because I feel like there might be a line for them. I mean, I'll wait in line. Don't get me wrong, but I think if it's like how it used to be when you when you went and you paid the money to do it when it was like the BattleTech Center, I think you either played 15 minutes or 20 minutes. So even if there is a line, I mean, that's you got several pods and you you know it, the whole like in and out like of you selecting your mech, getting in, starting up and all that is less than a half hour. So <laughs> would, I would think that the line would go pretty quick depending on how many pods they had. I'm a hundred percent down to go try it out. You know, I'm like, I mean, I, I'm pretty sure that we're going to be going to Gen Con here next year. Like I've I been working like... on you and pretty, pretty hard. You guys need to get up here. I think you'd like it. Well, like now that it's uh, what do you call it? Like now that I know how, the train works i kind of know my way around like traveling in that area like it's like you know i'm not a serial killer it's gonna hide yeah, you yeah. in the woods you know that was on my mind that uh, you know <laughs> we I, I could go missing but but now that it's like uh now it all makes sense like i, I feel you know like, that there's candy corn to eat oh dude, that candy corn i'm definitely waiting for that to come in but but yeah dude like i'm 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 probably gonna I'm I'm probably gonna try and make it down for Gen Con. And it'll probably be one of those last minute things. I'll probably try and do the like three weeks beforehand plane ticket to get like the best pricing and all that. And uh just like so I'm guessing do you buy tickets there or are they kind of like a pre sale thing? You can uh it's actually so I think it's slightly cheaper to register beforehand. And if you register beforehand they mail you all your shit in the mail. So that's probably the way to go. Okay. Well, then I'll probably have to. But do that. you can just walk up to the the booth and buy a badge, and it's really weird because you can pre-register. If you pre-register, you can have the stuff mailed to you. But you can also pre-register, pre-register, and set it up to where you have to pick your stuff up. Which I don't know why you would pre-register and then mark the box where you have to pick it up. That seems pretty dumb. So it's kind of funny because in my experience, every other year, so like people will pre-register, 
but then go to pick it up and so many people pre-register that the line for pre-registration is way longer than just walking up and buying a goddamn ticket day of. And then people see that, so then the next year they're like, well, I'm just going to buy my ticket there. And then it reverses. So every other year it flip-flops between this line is long for this or short for this. <laughs> it's pretty weird. <laughs> so, But I, I think you can pre-register and have the stuff mailed to you where you can just walk in. That's the way to go. And nice. you can buy a one-day pass for any day. So you like you can buy just a Friday pass or whatever. Um, or you can buy the whole weekend pass. And if you're going to... It's cheaper. Uh, an all-weekend pass is only slightly more expensive than a single-day pass. So if you're going to go two days, it's you you should always buy the full weekend pass if you're going to go more than one day. That's some like straight-up Gen Con... Uh, what do you call it? Uh, pro tips right there, man. Well, I'm 30 minutes away. I've went, you know, several years. I didn't go last year uh, because we had I had some other shit going on here. The the uh, Budokan thing with all the free Buddhas staying with me. Gotcha. So yeah, man, I'm actually a little bit uh, a little bit afraid that because did you ever watch Zoids? Uh, no. Okay. So in Zoids, there was this one guy, I want to say his name was like Irvine or something like that. He was like this little kid. No, I don't know. But he had this one Zoid, and once he got into it, like they were like these giant robot mechs that they drove. And so it's they, like uh, Power Rangers? Uh, no, no. It was a cartoon, but like they were like in giant like animal mechs that they were in. Okay. It was, it was such a badass show. Like I'm, It was probably my favorite show as a kid. Okay. Well, this one kid, he'd get inside of this one Zoid, and he'd like completely change. Like he'd channel his inner father, and like his dad would like come through him and all that stuff because his dad was like an ace pilot, and like he'd be okay. like a completely different person. I feel like I know Ryan, but I don't know Psycho. So like I'm a little, <laughs> I'm a little worried that like you're, you're like I'm like I'm not gonna recognize you or know you once you're in that cockpit. <laughs> and, like, I'm not gonna know how to bring you back. Like I don't. <laughs> We need like a word, like a safe word. A safety so. word. It's like Ryan. That's pretty funny. Ryan. Bananas. What's funny Bananas. is I got this. I got to talk when we did this episode. We got a local guy, Jason Turner, that he was uh, one year. He's either one or two years older than me, but he was one grade ahead of me in high school. Okay. And um, he used to play too. Like we played 40k together and stuff for a long time, but um. So we've known each other that way. But I guess when I talked about this on the show, he talked about how him and his like older group of friends used to go do it too. And he said his call sign was Horus because we, you know, we all played 30K or whatever. So it's kind of funny. We talked about it on the show and like everybody came out of the woodwork was yeah. like, oh, I remember those. So it's, awesome. I remember you. So, You're psycho. And that's Gauntlet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Show those fucking kids. <laughs> so yeah, pretty pumped. To try it out. I hope they still do the print-off thing, too. Like, you get the battle report afterwards, where you, we can read our battle reports on the show if we do it. Like, you, it'll even, like, tells you the time. Like, at this time, stamp, uh, so-and-so shot so-and-so, you know, ripping off the left arm of their mech and causing severe damage, you know, blah, blah, and it goes down through. It, like, gives you a full battle report print-off at the end of everything that you were involved in. I'm just hoping I'm not dead weight. Like, that's the biggest thing I'm worried about. Like, I'm worried about, like, me and you going on a team... Like, I, I don't even, know that there's teams, bro. I think it's everybody versus everybody. It's free for all. 
Oh, okay. I think you could set it up to be teams. Um, cause they, that's the cool thing is they can set up all these different scenarios. You can play different maps. You can change your mech. You can change your layout of your mech. You, know, you can run advanced, whatever. I mean, it's, it's pretty intense. I'm going to go and look up right now. Battletech. Most OP tech mech. <laughs> well, that's just going to give you the board game and it's going to tell you like some clan mech because <laughs> Building a, cl- a good clan mech is as hard as falling out of a tree in the bo- in the board game. What's the most OP mech weapon combo? Mech Warrior MWO forums. They said Jenner F XL three hundred and six smallest. I don't know what any of that shit means. <laughs> yeah, I find like some sniper mech to just <laughs> kill the pilot. I'm gonna be on foot and just like uh like Titan, I'm an inner sphere guy. Titanfall. I'm gonna be in a hundred percent being an inner sphere mech. I don't know what any of that means. You got inner sphere and then you got clans. Clans are like genetically engineered guys that that's like all they've been raised to do was fight in mechs, so they're kinda like space marines. And inner sphere are like just like normal soldiers that you know have battle battle mechs. So they usually have shittier technology. Well, then why would you ever choose them? I don't know. It's cooler. I just think the Interstellar is a lot cooler. Because <laughs> the, clan, the clans are like samurai. Like, they have this, like, honor code and all this other shit. There's, I, we can't get into this, man. We're not a Battletech pocket. It'll go for hours. There's a, The Battletech fluff, for, for guys that haven't ever played, the board game is actually a lot of fun. And okay. you can get it for fairly cheap. Uh, Catalyst Game Labs still makes the books for it. And the game has been unchanged since, like, the fucking 80s. So... You know, the system's kind of old, but it, it still works fine. But there are a ton of novels and a ton of good fluff out there. It's more hard sci-fi. Way more hard. It's like Game of Thrones. So, like, all the political dap- backstabbing and, like, how Game of Thrones has all these big houses that are, like, fighting with, you know, marriages and alliances changing. So it's Game of Thrones in space with very hard sci-fi. So not all the witchy-poo shit that's in 40K. Like, the science fiction is pretty... Like, uh, science. Yeah. Based. Science based. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. More like, uh, more Star Trek than Star Wars. Very cool. Okay. So it's like hard sci fi Game of Thrones. I like it. I'll have to check it out. With giant killer robots. After Master of Mankind. I'll check it out. <laughs> I listened to that, by the way. We'll I, get into that in Hobby Progress, I guess. I haven't started, but like, I don't know. So the other thing, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, yeah, no. I, I listened to like last week. I was in a Connex doing like a bunch of inventory, like all all last week. Yeah, I listened to I want to say like nine hours of Eye of Horus, four hours of Ranking Heresy, like, and then probably like six hours of Joe Rogan podcast. Dude, I listened to so many podcasts. I found out <laughs> like. The Varangian Heresy, like I found out my Dreadnought won that one. I was like, I was had a bunch of episodes I missed. And yeah. so I was like following up and I was like, oh, cool. I won a Fulgrim pillow case. Like, so I'd follow up with that. But yeah, man, I listened to so much shit. I listened to your episode on Eye of Horus. Like, yeah. I re like listened to it, like fully in depth listened to it. Yeah. And so it, 
it was pretty that was a fun that was a fun episode i really enjoyed that i'm glad tim had me on i really appreciate that it was fun i liked i liked hearing you like i don't know because like i really don't listen to our episodes but like i liked hearing you like as a guest because like i i love listening to i have horror so it was like it was like like two of my favorite people talking i was like yeah this is a good time it was very weird to like (laughs) listen to a podcast with like my buddies on it is very badass. So anyway, they uh, speaking of them, uh, they got our cultural exchange package that I sent. What's what's their first first reaction? When's they get so, when they get it? So so the only thing now this is let me let me get my pull my uh, Facebook messages up here. Uh, right here. Let me find it. Culture Exchange, everybody, by the way. Ryan sent them, if you listen to our last episode, Ryan sent them uh, Cheez-Its. He sent them uh, popcorn, Indiana kettle corn. He sent them Butterfingers. Teddy Grahams. Teddy Grahams, Graham Crackers, Marshmallows. Things to make, yeah, things to make s'mores. Cheez-It Crackers. Basically, stuff they can't get in Australia. They don't get any Nabisco products over there. So, so Michael hit me back and he said, he said uh, it arrived, and I said, was everything intact? And he said, yeah, everything was fine and is awesome. He says we hooked into some of the stuff recording last night. Nice. Um, so I guess the, let's see when was this? This was Friday. Right, yeah, they were so they they may talk about it on an episode if they've even they may have already dropped the episode. I don't know. No, it's not. But it'll be the one that comes out roughly at the time that you guys are hearing this. Um, but he says, yeah, everything is awesome. Hooked into it, recording. I asked him what his favorite was, and he said, well, we only tried cheese it so far, but we'll keep a log so we can let you know what your what the favorite is. And I said, uh, all right. I said, you guys have far more willpower than me. I would have tried everything because I'm a pig and I love food. <laughs> and he said the Cheez-Its were really nice. They're not anything. There's not anything like them in Australia. So he says they don't have any comparable products. He says I think I'm going to send you guys a cultural exchange package. Have you guys ever heard of Vegemite? <laughs> uh, don't like I, I've never I heard said, of well, it. We but... already have Vegemite here, though I've never had it, but I don't hear good things. And he said, "Well, I wouldn't send that to you. No one deserves that. <laughs> I'll send you some stuff in return that you'll actually enjoy. I appreciate what you've done." So I just told him I can't wait to hear what he thinks of the other stuff um, and that we need to get him to America at some point because there's tons of stuff that he should try that we can't mail. Yeah, exactly. So I can't wait to listen to the Eye of Horus that should come out, you know, this, you know, it might already be out, but, the, you know, the, the their newest episode that's for this week to see if they mention, you know, anything or have tried anything else. Uh, no, I, I'm, I'm digging it, yeah, dude. Like, I'm still, I'm still on like the fence. Like, I feel like we, like, we gotta mail them some white cheddar cheeses if they don't have cheeses. I bought some the other day just because I talked about them, and I was like, at the store, I was like, oh yeah, white cheddar cheeses. Me and my buddy cleared out the entire bag, like this little bag we had, and like, oh, yeah. Well, what we can do because we'll let them try this stuff and see what they like. If there's something they really, really like. We can put more of it in there for them. Oh, my work alarm's going off. My bad. Sorry. Anyway, uh, 
So we can find that out, and then we can find like maybe put some other stuff in there. Like I forgot about like uh, JP the other day when we were talking about sending something to him. He mentioned combos. Oh yeah, dude, he was all about combos. So that'll be another thing, like the pizza combos. Imagine like send like if Australia doesn't have combos, imagine like blowing their mind with some like pizza flavored combos. We need to like label it it's like eat this first. This is cheddar combos. This is what you're first introduced to. And right. then you can try pizza combos. And like it's just like and for those of right. you that don't and know if, what combos if, are, those are the pretzels with the cheese inside of them. Right. So good. They sell them at like gas stations and shit. They're usually in the little like uh looks like a miniature like chip bag. Like the you know, the shiny plastic like potato chips come in, but they're small. It says combos. Yeah. yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah, we'll find out what they like and we can resend it and put some new stuff in there, plus the stuff like the hit on the old favorites. And if they like Cheez Its a lot, next time we can send them the sampler box instead of just the plane. I just send them the plane. Right, yeah. Well, that you had to you had to like get them ready for them. You can't just white cheddar them out the gate. That's how, <laughs> that's how you kill people. Uh, did you uh, did you try those uh, all dressed chips? Yes, I what? bought some. They're they have the Canadian. They're the official ones. I asked JP. I said, "Are are these the things?" And he said, "Yes." And um, I said, "What's the best type?" He said, "Ruffles." So we ordered some on Amazon, but then the next day we went to Kroger and they just had them at our local grocery store. What the fuck? Okay. So so I got like four bags of them now because Emily ordered like some bags from Amazon. Plus we bought some at the store, and I'm on this fucking uh, low carb diet, so it's been horrible because now we have all these chips. So anyway, I tried them and they're good, like yeah. good. Like I love barbecue. Barbecue chips are my favorite chips. So these right. taste like top end good barbecue chips. That being said, the thing I don't understand about it is they're just barbecue. Like they just taste like barbecue chips. It tastes like good barbecue chips, but still just tastes like barbecue chips. I uh, I, I like lose control on those things. Like I just can't stop. Like and they're very good to me. Like they're solid chips. They're definitely solid. We got, like I said, we got the Ruffles ones. So you might check your local, like if you think you can only get them in Canada. Like I literally just went to my local grocery store up the road and they had them there. I have. I've looked before, and there was a time where like H E B was supposed to get them, and then they were like telling us like, oh no, not all H E B's got them. Like hmm. unfortunately, and well, this just looks like a normal Ruffles bag, and then down kind of in the bottom left corner of the front of the bag, it has a looks like a stamp that has the Canadian maple leaf and it says like around the little circle stamp top flavor in Canada. Maybe because you're so close to, <laughs> Oh wait, maybe they're just like, they're starting to bring it into America just because like that, that doesn't seem like they'd have that stamp if it was like a Canadian bag. Right. So it's definitely an American bag. It says top flavor in Canada with the Canadian maple leaf on it, but hmm. it's this, it's made by ruffles, which is the, the brand that JP recommended to try. And I showed him pictures and all that, and he says, yeah, those those are them. So I'll go check it tonight. I'll go see. I'm looking forward to getting Dunkaroos from JP, though. Even Don't though, we have those here, too? Yeah, we can get Dunkaroos. He's sending some anyway, but yeah. Okay. Last time, I don't, I don't know if you can get them in America anymore. Because like I said, last time I ordered some for my friend, she was talking about them. I was like, yeah, I'll just get some Dunkaroos. I was like, where the fuck, why can't I find Dunkaroos? And then when I ordered them from Amazon, they had to come from Canada. And then I started looking, and it looked like basically they got the they got like the embargo on Dunkaroos or something. Like I don't I don't know. 
Like they. Well, JP said that because the combos thing came up because JP has had combos before because he visited the U.S. a couple times. Yeah. And he bought some just at the gas station. Was like, hey, these look good, and he tried them. And he was like, still, he says he like dreams about having more combos. So I guess they don't have combos in Canada. So that's how the combo thing came up. And then um, I did doing that when I did the original Eye of Horse research to to see what to send them. I guess the other thing that there's they don't have anything in Australia is the Wonka candy line. So oh. like any like like nerds, fun dip, gobstoppers, like any of that stuff from the Wonka candy line. They don't have any of that in Australia. Fun dip, dude. Yeah. So any of that. So Australia doesn't have any Nabisco products. So anything that's Nabisco. So that's why they don't have Cheez Its. Um, that's why they don't have Teddy Grahams. That's why they don't have any of that because that's all Nabisco. Right. So any Nabisco product you see in the store, Australia doesn't have it. They may have something similar, but they don't have the actual Nabisco brand and they don't have any uh, Wonka candies. I'm sure there's a ton of other stuff they don't have, but those were the two big things that people said that anything from these two companies that are fairly common in the u.s australia doesn't have any of it send them bottle caps so they could hate them like everybody else in the world (laughs) that's funny trying to look at like what what wonka products there are oh real quick jumping back to gen con real quick this year is the 50th anniversary year for gen con so i don't know what that's going to mean airheads oh sorry it, <laughs> that's real dude that's that's a, that's a big deal anyway so uh so anyway i don't like last year for gen con we had just over seventy thousand people here good so they're expecting somewhere between 70 and 80 and maybe even 80 plus this year that's insane so pretty they don't have m&ms over there Maybe not. I don't know. The M&M's made by Mars, aren't they? Uh, well, I'm on the... Oh, this candy warehouse. My bad. I thought I was on the Wonka site. Okay, so maybe they have airheads. Oh, they don't have Laffy Taffy. Is that a is that a Wonka candy? Yeah. That's a good one. I love me some Laffy Taffy. Oh, by the way, your uh, candy corns are well on their way. Oh, that's going to be so good. How many... Oh, I sent you a Facebook message. I sent you four and a half pounds. Four and a half of, pounds. Of Ugh. raspberry lemonade candy corn from the candy kitchen in Martinsville. I had a dream I was eating them the other day. You had a dream? Yeah, I was. I had a dream they came in, and then I was looking at them, and I was like, these aren't the raspberry candy corns, because they were missing the the white part. It was just blue and red. And I was, yeah. like, I was like, which ones are these? But, I mean, that's just a stupid dream, but <laughs> that's how, like... So- that's so how, like, speaking real of this, speaking of this, I got a, I got, I got a question for you. Yeah, you may not want to answer it if you don't. If you don't want to answer, it, just say next question. When you were at my house and you got sick, and you weren't feeling well. Uh huh. I'm guessing you threw up in this bathroom in here, correct? Downstairs. Downstairs. Yeah. Did you throw up in there? Yeah. Was the vomit very red? For some reason. Uh yeah, it was a big because there was big red, in. Oh, big red involved. Yeah. Okay, well, I am intimately more entwined with you than I ever wanted to be because I cleaned that bathroom. <laughs> and it was on the shower curtain, on the wall, on the toilet tank. <laughs> like, I, I went to town with, like, the Clorox, like, as soon as I threw up, like... Well, I, I know, but, I like, I clean, like, clean, clean, because I have to clean it. Dude, like, 30 guys use this bathroom for game <laughs> night. So I have to clean up, like, 30 
like men's like piss like nobody like there are people that i have like a backsplash in the kitchen think or in the kitchen in the bathroom thank god that i was smart enough to put like tile like real slick like subway tile about four foot up the wall there is like piss sometimes like straight on the wall like three foot up the wall i'm like how do you get pissed three foot up the wall like <laughs> two feet left of the you know what i'm saying so i have to clean that so anyway it was on like where the toilet scrubby brush where i keep that uh-huh there was red puke on that. There was on the shower curtain. On the side of the tub. So, yeah. So, I cleaned up, like, all that the other day, just to let you know. I just thought that was funny. <laughs> Sorry. So, I was Sorry. like, I wonder if, this is, wonder if this is Michael's puke. <laughs> it didn't bother me. Like I said, I have to clean, you know, sweep up 30 dudes' pubes and piss on the wall and everything <laughs> every other weekend. So, I thought I got it. I thought I got it all. <laughs> I was just looking. I'm like. How did he hit? How did he manage to hit the shower curtain, the backsplash, the toilet, under the toilet seat, um, toilet tank? Fucking like it was everywhere. I'm like, did you just like start puking and spin like 360 in a circle like Bruce Buffer in the UFC, like introducing people? <laughs> no, that was, that was somebody else. That wasn't me. That must have been somebody else puking. And I was red. thinking, I wonder why this is red. Is did he like? Is he lying to me? Did he eat like a, his whole fucking thing of candy corn here? <laughs> <laughs> and it just gets sick like an excited child that just eats too much candy and then jumps around with too much heresy action and then got sick and he was embarrassed because he ate too much candy corn like what happened here is big red is that big red? big red and what was crazy is they told me like they just so happened to mention that we had talked about vomiting before that all went down <laughs> and they were like yeah if you ever want to get vomit taste out of your mouth just drink big red and i was like oh Okay, well, I'm already drinking. Well, apparently, you can put it there as well as get rid of it. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Like, completely unrelated to me. Like, I wasn't even sick yet, and they were talking about, like, vomiting and drinking Big Red to clear it out. But. Mm. So, yeah. It's pretty funny. So, I thought that was entertaining. Oh, I did want to mention this real quick. I got from the, uh, I won that, uh. Warlord charity auction that Freddie and those guys put on. Yes. I won this uh, fancy dice box that Josh made. <laughs> yeah, we were talking and, about um, it. And it's got some objective markers and these, uh, uh, like, basically Maelstrom cards, but they're custom-made heresy ones in these little cool heresy packs. Oh, that's So first cool. off, yeah, it's very cool. These cards are super... So this is what's neat about this. So I like this. So my cousin John when I was going to do my heresy event made these, I mean made, he like copied, like he made, he had some Imperium logos and he made some eye of horse logos. And I was the one like Freddie needed some. So I sent them to him in a format where he could just get them printed. So my right. cousin, John designed these card backs, basically Freddie used them. Okay. And then he made these cards, which are super slick. I don't know who printed these cards, but they're legit. And then they come in, like I said, this really neat sleeve with the Horus and the Emperor art on it. And then uh, they're in this nice wooden box. So first off, I want to thank Freddy. This is a very cool thing. So I have this here on my hobby desk, and I will be using this. And I may even use these cards for my events here, like design a mission to use those cards. But also I wanted to point out how this box traveled from Texas to Sweden, and then from Sweden... To Back to Indiana. So this is a very well traveled <laughs> dice box. That box has done more traveling than most people. I might bring it to Stiff with me just so I can say it's like returned. It's like returned home. 
<laughs> so it's anyway. back home in Texas. I wanted to thank Freddie for sending me that. That's badass, dude. So what else do you got going on? We can't talk about this shit all day. We got too much of a busy show. Uh, nothing, man. I spent all yes, like most of yesterday at that Port Ma thing. That was kind of cool. It was like an apocalypse mega battle, forty k. We caught up the tail end of it. I had to go take some models to Gator over there. It was part of the Goalers guys in San Antonio, and so I was like, you know what, man. Fuck mailing it. I'm just going to drive it up there. And so me and my buddy Derek went up there. And we took we took the models. Got there. Got to see a bunch of Warlord Titans. A bunch of, like, all the Titans. I saw a T-Rex. It was like a T-Rex model. They broke up. And then they put, like, the armor cast Reaver armor plates all over it. I got a picture for you. I'll send it to you. I was like, okay. what am I looking at here? Like, it, it, oh, that's... That's a reaver. I was like, oh. It's a Mecha Godzilla. <laughs> I was like, okay. being used as a reaver. But uh, yeah. it was Port Ma. Apparently, they do these this Port Ma apocalypse game all over the world. Like, they do it in the UK and they do it in San Antonio, Texas. And, <clears throat> excuse me. They do it and they, uh, uh, they have like the points are worldwide. So, like, Whatever points are accumulated here, they add up to the points that are also accumulated into the UK version of Port Ma. Okay, and they want to reach out to more, uh, to more um, countries. So they were gonna try and get like, I guess the Swedes involved and all that stuff, and the Australians, and so they're trying to like reach out and all that jazz to get like everybody to jump in on this Port Ma thing and just have like one mega battle a year and then just have all the points added up. It's pretty crazy. There was like six tables that were like 16 by four. Just like huge, huge battlegrounds going on. And there was like certain points like uh, like apocalypse points that you could spend for special abilities and all this shit. It's pretty crazy. It was a good time to go see all all those model all those painted models on there, whole Pretty bunch neat. of Tau stuff. Mm. So it's a forty k apocalypse yeah. thing. Yeah, it's okay, forty k thing. But there was a bunch of warlords too, and then I, I got to see the eleven hundred and forty point Ordinatus. Like, I got to hear the horror stories of what that thing can do. The seven inch mm. beam or seven inch yeah. blast beam. Yeah. yeah. Apparently that thing pretty much pushed its weight around and no warlords could just kill it because of all the uh minus shielding. One. Yeah, all yeah. that like minus it's like minus three to It's damage. minus three turn one and then two and then one and then stays and then stays one. So this thing was just basically just slinging its own weight around, doing all this thing. Uh the guy that played it was just like, Yeah, man, like it was fine. Like it definitely made its points back, just murdering everything. I was like, that's so fucking crazy. It's like, but I guess for an eleven hundred point model, you know. Yeah. But so that was fun. That's what I did yesterday. It was a good time. I yeah. we had our game, our normal game night. So obviously there was tons of heresy games going on, like normal. So there was a bunch of that. And then I fin like had a little odds and ends shit to do with my black shields, and then I primed them last night. And I'm actually going to airbrush them as soon as we get done recording. Okay. Which we can kind of get to that in hobby progress, I guess. But I did that, 
And then I, uh, everybody was already playing games of heresy. So me and my buddy Chris Duncan were kind of the odd two out. And I wanted to play a board game. So I went and got my wife and my cousin, who happened to be here. And so my cousin Jessica and my wife and Chris and I, we sat down and played Kingdom Death. Okay. This is a board game. And they had never played before. My, my cousin and my wife had never played. Chris has played like one or two games with me, and I've played it a bunch. But Kingdom Death is a super fucking awesome board game, and they actually are relaunching it uh, on Kickstarter right now. So if you didn't get in on the original Kickstarter or you didn't buy it off their website and you know what I'm talking about, or maybe you don't know what I'm talking about but you want to do some research, if you type in Kingdom Death board game, there's tons of crap about it online. The models are ridiculous. It's a survival horror uh, board game that basically combines all of the elements of crafting of an MMO, like online, like think of a very elaborate crafting system from a MMO, like a final, like Final Fantasy or Ultima Online or something like that, like that type of crafting system put into a board game. And then you also have a little bit of a role play element with how you like make characters. So almost like uh, a little bit of like the D&D style like role play thing. And then there's also a miniature like grid based miniature combat all incorporated into one board game. Hmm. The core game in its box weighs 17 pounds. Wow. Bet your shipping's crazy on that thing. I think if you get on on the Kickstarter, the shipping's free right now. Good God. But one of your uh, Texas guys down there... Simon. Simon, he's all about it. Because he... I didn't even know... Like, when I first met you guys after uh, Adepticon, he got on Facebook on the uh, indie... It was either the Indie 30K page or just some type of indie Facebook page and was asking if anybody was going to Gen Con, and if they would, if they would pick him up a copy, because it was currently sold out on the website. And I told him I would, and we got to talking on there just a little bit, and I didn't even know he was associated with you. I just thought he was some rando guy in Texas that was just into board gaming. So I was like, yeah, I don't, you know, if you trust me, as long as you'll, you know, because I'll buy a copy, but I already own one, and... um I, I mean, I'm not worried about getting stuck with it because they go on eBay for well over the fucking retail price when they're sold out. Like, I've seen copies sell for over a thousand bucks. So, wow. it's not a big deal. Like, I'll get it. And then, um, as long as you, you know, trust me that once you pay me, because I'm not going to ship it until you pay me, but, you know, once you pay me, I'll ship it. So, as long as you trust me, you know, to not just screw you over, then yeah, I, I don't mind picking okay. it up for you. So, it ended up that he was able to get one. Uh, before I had to buy him one, but I know you got a guy down there that has a copy of it. Yeah, Simon, he's in Houston, but yeah, he's TFL. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, that Kickstarter's up. If any of you guys are interested in checking that out, you can just go to Kickstarter and search Kingdom Death, but it's a super fun board game. So the, the thing about that is it's fully cooperative. So you, you play four players, but you're all on, you know, you're all trying to help each other. And the individual characters you create die constantly. Like, you'll create, like, Bob the fighter, whatever. He'll probably die. Like, don't get attached to him. So your real characters, your civilization, basically all your your characters, like, earn resources stuff to come back and you start with nothing. You don't even have a language. 
So you're basically start a culture from nothing in this environment that the only natural resource is monsters. So you have to kill monsters to harvest their parts to for natural resources, basically. So you develop a civilization. So your character is really the civilization, not individuals. Hmm. Okay. So anyway. That's pretty fun. So I, I played some of that last night and then built, like I said, finished building my black shields and doing whatever. So that's pretty much what I did. Yeah, my hobby progress so far uh, assembled two drop pods. Well, not even the full drop pods, just uh, this part. The part that's going to get like painted. Yep. Like the part that holds all the peeps and stuff. The, the, I, the roller coaster shoulder harnesses. Yeah, the roller coaster shoulder harnesses, and then the the starfish. The starfish. Yeah, got that assembled. Gonna go. Well, we got two of those assembled. My buddy Derek helped me out. I'm so glad, dude. Like my buddy Derek, he he's probably listening right now, hobbying. Good job, Derek. Go get him. Work on those space wolves. But anyway, he uh, we used to play a lot in 40k. We used to play a lot of 40k together. Like I got him into the hobby. Dude, we've got, like, so many memories together. And he played Space Wolves real hardcore. I don't know if you, I ever told you a story of a guy that, like, somehow his stuff didn't get loaded up in the car when we went to Houston. Or they went to Houston. I don't think I was there on that trip. He had, like, a big-ass battle phone bag full of stuff. He put it in the trunk of a car. And then somebody had to move stuff out of the trunk to put something else in. And they took his out, put it on the side of the car, and then loaded everything up and then drove off. <laughs> like, so where was it at? Just in some random place? Like, and at the time, it was my buddy's apartment complex. Did he get it back? No, no. Gone Somebody forever. Took it? Gone forever. Oh, my God. I would murder someone. <laughs> it would be... Oh, my God. I don't even know what I would do. It was like, at the time, he played... Like, this was, like, back in probably 2008. And so, like, it was like... He played Space Wolves, hardcore drop pod meta. Like, he used hardcore drop pods, you know, real fast army, all this stuff. And uh, so he had, like, 10 drop pods in Battle Foam, like, uh, <laughs> like I don't know. It's probably close to, like, 6,000 points worth of Space Wolves in, like, a massive, like, either Battle Foam or, at the time, whatever foam bag was there. KR or something like that. Yeah, something. Army, something or army tra- the, the Sable shit, the Army transport stuff. Very expensive bag. Like, massive bag. Like, tall-ass bag. He had, like, all of his points in there ready to go to this, like, event they get to Houston and like they're unloading everything and Derek's like, "Where the fuck's my shit? <laughs> like, where's my stuff?" Did he kill his friend? I'd kill him. <laughs> no, no, he wouldn't be making the trip back. <laughs> so like, well, I think at the time he was like probably, and I could be like botching the story because unfortunately I wasn't there. But I think at the time he was like still under the impression like, oh, I must have just left it. I must have just left it." And like, Derek's uh... played Space Wolves since like third edition, second, third edition, and so like. He's all like he had like old school Najal Stormcaller like all the old models like he like he made it a point to go out and like find and source these old models and paint them up. Like, oh, you're modern. making me so sad right now. <laughs> like yeah, dude. Like so so well. Here's the thing. Like so he's like he made it a point to like go like get all these old models and like make it every and he was really cool about his army was like super cool about it is. Derek didn't like the light blue look to the old models. Yeah. He liked the old original gray of yep. like what the 13th company were in. So everything in his army was painted pre-heresy 
like <laughs> pre heresy space wolves before so he could still use it if he still had it yeah so like he would totally be <laughs> so fucked up like i laugh but it's so fucked up so like he like hardcore he's a fantastic painter man he's like like i have some i'll show you one of his models he painted for me it's a, a vulcan Hastani painted for me but like he's always been this like space wolf character guy like, he's always loved space wolves everything like that his army's just completely gone one day like out the gate and then at that point like he just comes back and like at the time we were kind of uh not playing 40k every day it's just like a uh well a he certainly wasn't yeah and so like he just kind of fell off like he's just kind of like at that point he's yeah like, he's like i don't he probably went away for murder <laughs> he got out of the pen he's like i don't want to play anymore like i don't like he's like he's like yeah he's like i can't really justify spending like go, getting back into the hobby and all that stuff and so for the past year, almost year and a half, I've been like buying stuff extra and like, hey, look what I got, Derek. Do you want this? I'll just give it to you. Like and like like at one point I build up like dread a dreadnought space wolf army, like and I was like, Derek, I'll give you all of this if you start playing. And he's like, nah, no, nah, I'm good. Like I don't want to play. And I'm like, fuck, dude, like I gotta get him in the game. Prospero drops. And he goes and buys a Prospero box. And I was like, I was like, what? You bought a Prospero box? I've got X, this, and this, and that. I'll, I'll give you all of this. Like, you can just have it, and I'll, I'll help you. I'll write you a list. Like, I'll, we'll, we'll try and, like, match kind of what your old list was that you used to play. And so, like, I got everything, like, kind of, like, squared away. Like, he's in. So he's in now. I got him back. He's back in. Like, I'm just super excited that he's back in the game now. <laughs> and so, so he came over. And like help me assemble drop pods because he's a pro at assembling drop pods. <laughs> and so <laughs> so like now, like because like me and Derek, we we've worked with each other for like so long and we've always like modeled together when we did. So like now I have like this extra set of hands for working on stiff stuff, like the stiff table and all that stuff. So like I'm like super excited, like the shit I'm gonna get done, like just like assembling stuff and all that stuff. Cause like when we assemble things together, it's like a little like fucking assembly line, and all that stuff. And just, so he's back in the game. I'm glad he's listening right now. Like I'm glad he's like back in the game. Like he's legit going to play space wolves. He's got a, a list. I made him. He's going to pretty much do the old style army that he played, which cool. is like 10 drop pods and like all infantry. Just with like specific tasks that they do. Handcuff your fucking bag to your wrist. Don't <laughs> let any of your friends touch it. <laughs> Go buy one of those. I'll buy you one of those tiles, Derek. Those little like GPS like tiles you can put uh, in stuff. Yeah. I need to pull oh, one I of those. I can't on get my over bag. that. It was brutal, man. Like it I was, died a little on the inside, and it's not even my stuff. It was nine years ago, and like we still like. Hey, Derek, remember when you lost your army? Uh, <laughs> he didn't lose it. <laughs> So he did. Are you the friend? Are you I'm, the friend that left? I wasn't even the there. Trip? I wasn't even there. Uh, <laughs> whoever that person is, if I were Derek, I would like every week be like, "Oh man, I'll take care of that for you," and then just leave their shit some random spot. <laughs> their wife, their kids. Like, I'll drive your kid to school. Oh wait, you wanted them to come back home? Well, I fucking left them in Carolina. I'm sorry. <laughs> like, my bad. That sucks, don't it? <laughs> it was so brutal, man. It was so brutal. Just because of all like the like you know when you like somebody legit cares about the army, like they're like legit like 
taking the time to find like out of out of print models and then modernizing those models like it's like okay it's like well this is an old backpack let me bring a modern backpack in let me do this and that he modernized like old models so he can still use them and then gone and i don't All even right, like we can't talk about the same or i'm gonna have a panic attack i don't want to <laughs> talk about it anymore the neighborhood it was left in like the neighborhood that it was like gone is like kind of like the bad part of town in victoria and so like i know somebody got it it had no fucking clue what they had. Like somebody picked it up, had no idea what they had. And so like we were on Craigslist and eBay and all this stuff, like trying to find this army and just like, it was gone. But yeah, sorry, Derek. Sorry for bringing up those bad memories. If you're listening to the podcast, he probably just probably pushed all of his shit in the trash just right now. Uh. It's like, so started GoFundMe to bring Derek back in the game. Pretty funny. Just kidding. He's got plenty of models now. So his, right. his, his list is like eight scoring units. It's pretty nice. So See, we kind of bled hobby progress into that. So the only other hobby progress I have is I finished painting all my Blood Angel jet bikes. Like not all that I own, but all that I need for Adepticon. Love it. I love it. So, it's done. so I got one Rhino to paint. And then 18... Infantry. My Blood Angels will be done for Adepticon. I have three drop pods to paint and all of my Dreadnought drop pods need line highlighting. And my display board needs to get done. So that's where I'm at. That's what my display board's done. Like I said, I got 19 infantry, one Rhino done for Adepticon. Well, for that. And then I'm going to jump in on my black shields that I'm airbrushing today to try to get those done for stiff. Oh, I switched teams for stiff. We need to talk about that real quick. I went from traitor to loyalist because the plan was I was going to do try to get my black shields done, mm-hmm. but if they didn't get done, I could take my militia army instead as a backup because my and my so I really I I really wanted my black shields to be loyalist anyway. But okay. because they're because they're black shields, I could do either or. Right. But because my backup army was traitor, I was like, well, I'll just make them traitor, and then if I can't get them done, then I'll still just have another traitor army I can take. Right. I fucked up and didn't read the rules properly on the Gorgon in 30k, and the Gorgon in 30k you cannot have sold out of. No. So I have... Five other Forge World books that are non-30K, and in all five of those other books, it's open-topped, and you can assault out of it. And then when they made the 30K version... It's open-top, but you can't assault out of it. Exactly. Yeah. So, my list doesn't work anymore, so I have to redo my militia list, so I've already rewrote it. So I have two Gorgons. It's not a big deal, because I'll still use them, but my army is built for assault. Okay. So I'm going to have to rewrite a list with Gorgons in it where I change uh, from take Tainted Flesh out of the army yeah, and put Survivors of the Dark Age in and put some Grenadiers with some shooty shit to use the Gorgons. Can they shoot out of the Gorgons? I thought they also couldn't shoot out of the Gorgons. No, but they can get out and then... Oh, okay, okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then lay about a bunch of fire or whatever. So... I'll probably do a list like that, like a shooting version of the list, but if I want to do my assault list, I can't put Gorgons in there. Gotcha. So, 
because I had to change the list, I took the Gorgons out. I took the Gorgons out and just put more infantry in. So now it's like 300 infantry in the army. And there's no way I'm going to get... I think I counted the other day and I would have had to... I'd have to paint like 172 militia guys. That's and I, I can get that done. So what I did is I switched to Loyalist. I'm still going to try to finish my Black Shields. But my backup army now, if the Black Shields don't get done... Is Blood Angels, which I'm going to have done because I have to take those to Adepticon the following week. And I have, like we just talked about, a Rhino and uh, 19 guys to paint. Damn, dude. Spe- speaking of... Okay. Hold on one second. One second. Okay. Spe- speaking of... Speaking of Militia. Okay. I know this is going to be a long podcast anyway. And I think I think it was just we just got to move with it anyway. So... I'm going to get your opinion on something, and it's something that I have been working on, like, low-key, just okay. because I don't want it to take up very any time until, like, next April. Okay. And so, Mad Robot Miniatures released its Shema heads. I don't know if you saw that. I haven't seen those. I have the arms. The, the About a third. So, my militia guys, I use the Forge World Renegade torsos. Okay. And Cadian legs, and then I have a mix of arms. So, I have the Forge World arms. I have the the cultists from 40k. I literally just bought a bunch of the plastic cultists and cut their arms off and threw the fucking bodies away. Okay. Nice. And then I have a bunch of mad robot arms. So my guys are like I have 300 militia shitbirds, the levies, and about 100 of them are forge world arms, 100 of them are games workshop arms and 100 of them are mad robot arms. And I just mix them all together. Okay. So on those arms that you had um, I'm guessing, do they have the shoulder, the shoulder pads? Well, the ones I have are just like flesh with like a, like bangles on them. So they're like sleeveless. Okay. So they don't really have Cause I've worked with those arms that Mad Robot has and they yep. come with the buttstock molded into the arms. The ones I got are close combat arms. So they just had pistols and uh, like, no. okay. So I'm in this weird, this weird, like, uh, this weird place right now because we had kind of discussed this list which was Grenadiers, Survivors of the Dark Age, running in Proteuses and all that stuff. Yep. I don't know if it was on the podcast or if that was offline no, or whatever. It was offline. Okay. So I got some Proteus, Protei, whatever, Proteusi. I don't, I don't know how to say it in plural. But anyway, I got Protei from, from Josh, okay? Yeah. Just to test out paint scheme for uh, this list. Like, basically, it's going to be Survivors of the Dark Age, Militia, to learn kind of style, like desert tanks is what they're going to be. Yep. So I got these Shema heads, and I have to make grenadiers out of something, okay? So okay. I got the torsos, the desert torsos, which have the bandanas and all this stuff, and I'm going to use that for people actually in the cupolas of the tanks. Okay. Like, they'll be there, and, like, that way, like, I can use, like, the normal tank commander hands and all that stuff, or, like, the goggles and stuff. Like, I can yep. use the normal hands, uh, but for grenadiers, I have to somehow make grenadiers look like they have a super badass save while also... I would use Tempesta Scions and just do head swaps and put like an Arabic-looking head on them because you're wanting to do like Desert Raider warrior guys, right? That's what I was thinking. I was thinking... So find like some guys with like head wraps, you know, yeah, where you yeah. just see like their eyes or stuff. Like That's that's what uh, that's that's the Shema stuff that uh, Mad Robot here, released. Let me look here. Yeah. Go to Mad Robot Miniatures. It should be on their first page. I think it's HH52. 
is a bad robot natures. Boom. So I was thinking about taking scions, and I, I was just kind of like, I was gonna get your yeah. opinion. Yeah, just take scions and put these heads on it. That would look pretty baller, actually. And then paint their armor like a like a white, like a dirty white. Yeah, or you could just do. I seen a guy. So there was a guy that used to play 40k. He doesn't anymore. Okay. But um, he did Talarn Raiders, like what you're talking about. So what he did on his stormtroopers, he painted everything that's not armor plates, like so their uniform underneath, like just a khaki color. Yeah. And then the armor plates, he did like the a bunch of like little dots and sponge painting where it looked like our modern digital desert camo on a dark brown. So it's like dark brown armor plates over khaki fatigues with a bunch of like dark and light brown like speckles all over the armor where it looks like modern desert digital camo. Do you know who that guy was? Yeah, Keith Gorman is his name. You know him pretty well? Not really. Oh, okay. I'll look him up. I mean, I could put you in touch with him. I mean, his name's Keith Gorman. He lives in the Indy area. Yeah. I don't know. I don't even know if he's into mini wargaming or not anymore. I'm not sure. Yeah, I'd like to see what his paint style was. I I was, dude, I actually took a Scion picture, and I took that Mad Robot head, and I superimposed it onto there. And it doesn't look bad. I just wanted to make sure, like, for Survivors of the Dark Age, like, that would make sense to have, like... Look up look up the Back 40K. Let me see if it's up. He used to run a blog called the Back 40K. Okay. And it like the the little blog header was like a, a Imperial Guard tank like driving through a cornfield, I think. Yeah. But the I name of the blog Okay. So his name on there is Sandworm, and worm is spelled with a Y. Y W Y R R M. Sandworm. I see it. Okay, so if he he may have old pictures of his army on there. It was a, a really he's a like golden demon level painter. He's ridiculous. Oh, so I didn't know all that. Sandworm. So he, so he uh, you might be able to find his uh, stuff on there. Of Wait, his old what arm. is this guy's name? Keith Gorman. Dude, this is the second time that the Axinar film has come up. The Axe. Oh, I no. can't see that. It's called Axinar. It's a fan film for Star Trek. Oh. The the like the main actor of Axinar is I th- I, th- I want to say the lead actor of Axinar is coming to stiff. Yep. Okay. And like this is the second time it's come up in like twenty four hours. Man, I'm telling you stuff works in ripples, <laughs> dude. Like what are the odds <laughs> I'm gonna go to this website and they're gonna talk about Axinar? That's insane. Is that still going? Is that thing still is he still putting stuff up? Uh, I don't think so. Okay. Possibly. Yeah, I think it, I think it still is. I don't know. I just filtered all by that sandworm dude. But did you find pictures of his army? I found pictures of tanks, like great of like sandy tanks, but not not his right. scions yet, or his stormtroopers. Storm Chobas. His stormtroopers were the old um metal ones before the scions came out. Like the old school, not the not even the Karzerkins, the ones before that, where they had the open faced helmets, where they looked like they were in a spacesuit almost. Oh, badass! Like the Russian cosmonaut ones. Yeah. Oh, that's fucking badass. I can't believe you're man. This, the internet. Why is it? Look, I looked up the back forty k, 
and there's a giant set of tits right there on my phone. Not that I'm mad at it, but come on, internet. <laughs> You're like, man, no. I gotta go take care of this. <laughs> See how good his shit looks? How you did you just you type find in that? back? Oh, you just went to just type in back 40k and hit images. Okay, so yeah, I was doing it all fucking difficult and shit. Anyway, so yeah, I was gonna get your opinion on that. So yeah, I was I was on the fence about just using scions, but so that's what I'll do. I'll just use some desert scions and can only imagine how fucking like hot they're gonna be in that armor in the desert. But I guess it doesn't matter because it's not like they get paychecks or anything like that. So, anyway, anyway, we'll go ahead and move on to some normal questions. How about that? I see them now. Yep. I found them. The Talern 13th Company. Oh, here they are. Anyway, okay. I have to look at this in a little bit. Okay. So, Distractions. Distractions. For real, man. Like, that's how it works. Natural progression into, like, once, once we actually, like, get talking like real 40k 30 or real 30k stuff like it gets real like right we got a trillion questions to go over this may be like a seven hour episode my wife may be hollering at me at eight o'clock at night <laughs> we need to go to dinner <laughs> she doesn't talk like that by the way if that sounded like shrill and annoying that's not how she is she's gonna listen to this and be like don't ever imitate me or in yeah don't ever don't ever impersonate me again or i will slap you <laughs> you will get slapped so anyway, so let me go ahead and go over this first one. I'm going to go ahead and play both these voicemails for you guys that we got on the hotline. Once again, guys, if you want to give us a call or ask us a question, like if you get like the hanker and you're like, man, I wonder how this rule works, you just grab your phone, pick it up, pick up, dial 209-RFI-30K0, send us a voicemail, we'll play it on air, it'll be badass. Even if you just want to like... Just tell us something. I think one of the guys just just like popped off like something real quick. Just let us know, guys. We love it. Like it's probably one of my favorite things is getting voicemails. So, but I'm gonna play these two voicemails that we got since last episode. Uh, this first one, you ready to listen to it, Ryan? Sure. Let's go. Okay. Let's hear it. It's got a whole bunch of stuff on this one. So, get ready. Technical difficulties, guys. Hey, Jake. I'm testing out your freaking cool hotline. Anyways, uh, 3K it up. Talk to you guys later. Bye. <laughs> Short and sweet. I love it. I love it. I don't know which Jake that we have so many Jakes like that listen to the to the podcast itself. I don't know which one that was. Could have been Sheer. It could have been you know. I don't Busey. think it was Busey. I don't think it was. Yeah, it wasn't a. That was he doesn't have that smooth uh, Nashville country radio Vince Gill voice that yeah. Jake Busey has. So it could have been anybody. It could have been any Jake. Could have been a Jake that doesn't write in. Just could have been wanted to call the podcast. So just some dude named Jake. So Jake, we appreciate that. You know, love it. So now we have this other one. So just a real quick, guys, I'm gonna play this voicemail for you. Because I feel like this is the type of voicemail that, like, I'd love to see come up. But 
the person who sent this email, it was actually Stefan from Colorado, Stephen from Colorado, the one that we Stephan, talked about. Stefan, I think. Stefan, the, the one that, well, he's about to say it. We'll find out. Hillman. Hillman, yeah. We, uh, we, get, we got a call from him, and he actually redacted it because he read the, the 30K uh, FAQ. Right. But just letting you guys know, like this is exactly the kind of stuff we're talking about when we're talking about getting voicemails. And he was right on his rules, except that they FAQ uh, Forge World later on decided they didn't like how the rules interacted, so that they they released an FAQ that's on their own website that um, overrode the rulebook rules. So I'm gonna go ahead and play this for you guys, just so you can see what we're talking about. Hey guys, this is Stefan from Colorado. Thought I would take you up on your offer of a phone call, uh, especially since I live most of my life on the road these days. Um, I was listening to episode 30, and y'all did a review on an Ultramarines list. In that list, you took a veteran squad, gave them marksmen, and then outfitted them with melted guns. Uh, I haven't played 40K in a while, and I've been doing a lot of hobby trying to get my 30K in line, so this might be something that's just out I haven't run across yet, but the sniper special rule says that anyone with the sniper ability that makes a shooting attack always wounds in a four plus. Um, it, they don't use the word always for when they talk about uh, shooting at something with an armor value, um, but it has similar wording. So, you know, if you ha- if you're firing a weapon with the sniper trait or with the sniper trait always wound on a four plus and though you count as strength four against targets with an armor value so my question is if you give the marksman and they that includes sniper do you remove the strength eight portion of the weapon turning it into effectively a strength four against armored targets and always wounding on a four plus regardless of a uh, model toughness uh so anyway uh great podcast love it uh hopefully you guys can uh set me straight all right thank you bye so yeah so that is the question he sent in and he actually i don't know if he asked it somewhere else or just so happened to run across the uh the FAQ from Forge World, but he actually sent us a message later on redacting, retracting like everything. Like, okay, yeah, like no, I, I feel I realize that you know this rule is this. Like, I mean, honestly, the 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 FAQ I can actually pull it up if you want. Yeah, uh, basically, if the FAQ just states that if if you using your normal strength would be better in any situation, that's what you do. Right, right. So you use so, the. So if the you world. had a strength three weapon shooting against a tough five target, you would obviously use the four up wounding because it's better. But if you had a strength six weapon shooting at a tough four target, you would wound on a two up because that's the better to wound roll. Absolutely. That is, that's how it works. And then against tanks, you obviously use your full strength. So, but yeah, so those are the two, uh, the two voicemails that we got guys. Hopefully we can see some more from you. Hopefully more of you guys call in. Uh, once again, if you're thinking about it, you know what? Just go ahead and pull your phone out right now. Save this number in there. 209-RFI-30K-0. And 
just uh, give us a call if you have any questions about a rule or anything like that. Gladly answer for it, you guys, and play it on air and all that jazz. Or, you know, if you just want to tell us something cool that just happened or, like, explain, like... Tell us a story. Tell us something funny. Yes, we love that. I want to hear an impersonation of me or of you. If it's good, (laughs) I'll, like, save it as my ringtone on my phone or some shit. Yeah, exactly. I still remember there's a part on Eye of Horus during one of the episodes where Spencer Richardson said, fuck you, Ryan Kimmel, stay in your lane, responding to an email that I wrote in. Uh huh. And I treasure that moment. Like, I, I have that sound bite saved. The fuck you, Ryan Kimmel, stay in your lane. Send it to me. I'll turn it into a ringtone for you. Um, I have to try to find it. I saved it somewhere because I sent it to my sister. She was dying laughing. I still remember. I've always wanted to turn the I Force episode where they're talking about um, giving your body to Lorgar, like to the word bears, like giving your body over to the demon. Oh, let a demon inside you. Let the demon inside you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I've, always, I've always wanted to turn that into a ringtone. It would be easier than trying to go back and find that episode again. I don't know if Spence listens to us, but I can just contact him on Facebook and get him to call our hotline and just say, fuck you, Ryan Kimmel, stay in your lane. And then we can just save it on the hotline. It'd be actually, way easier. Actually, if y'all could just call in, say, fuck you, Ryan Kimmel, I'd, that'd be even funnier too. Just like a bunch, <laughs> a bunch of voicemails. Like it's like, hey guys, messages. welcome. <laughs> hey guys, enjoy the podcast. Fuck you, Ryan Kimmel, and hang up. <laughs> it'd be badass. I'd love it. That's uh, pretty funny. Uh, so anyway, that's what that's the calls we got in, guys. That's going to be a normal segment here. Hopefully, we can get more calls in and have like a bunch of fun stuff to play for you and like funny stuff. Impersonations would be badass. But uh, yeah, keep them coming, dude. Give us give us content so we can put it on. So, all right. So next thing up, uh, we got two Facebook messages we got to go over. And the first one's going to be the Facebook message from Rob. And so Rob said, Hey guys, I just started listening to you guys a couple months ago. Y'all are doing a great job. I did have two requests. Uh, the first request was going to be us writing topics to discuss the show notes. Uh, that way we can help you guys find it in the podcast. And I'm very terrible at writing stuff out. Like, uh, I'm pretty good at like... um technology but like a lot of work like that it, I'll, I'll try and get it done for you guys like <laughs> i can i can make no promises and it might not be the best show notes but i'll, I'll do what i can uh, <laughs> <so>. <laughs> like, uh. listening to joe rogan you need a young jamie i'm We're, telling you dude i'm telling we you need I need... A, we need an intern to listen to us like say stupid shit and then just write down at what point we say stupid shit so that they can put a timestamp next to it. Yes, exactly. If we were Joe Rogan, we'd have such loyal listeners that listen to all our episodes, and then in the YouTube comments literally give like write their own show notes. That at this point they talk about <laughs> this and this. If you ever watch that, that shit's crazy. I like how you uh, like subtly suggested like if we were Joe Rogan. If we were well, we're not. We don't have. We don't get like thirty million downloads a fucking month or whatever he gets. Uh, but like honestly, dude, like so he started crazy. somewhere though. You know, his original sponsor was the Fleshlight. Oh, nice. So that's so the, if you see any Joe Rogan Fleshlight jokes, that's because his original, like when he first started out, he used the Fleshlight. If you see any Radio Free Instagram Fleshlight jokes, it's because we decided we sold out. <laughs> <laughs> 
Do you have pockets? Do you ever wish you had a pussy in that pocket? <laughs> Boom. Boom. Here you go. You can have one. So, yeah. So, man, but honestly, like, I've been looking, like, oh, man, when, when we first started doing the podcast, I was kind of like, yeah, I can do show notes, but uh, it's so much work to go and listen back what we talked about. Like, I, I write down little notes, like, what we're going to, oh, I guess I could just copy and paste the notes I actually write down for the show. This is not very good. <laughs> we, we like we we like veer off topic like so much but anyway so like i i was like you know i was like man i could do show notes but i'm just gonna see how long i could not do them and then i see like other podcasts they're like so good about their <laughs> show notes and everything and i was like maybe people won't realize that we don't have show notes <laughs> and like here it comes i think that's why maybe people put breaks in their show like the little musical breaks uh-huh or segments like if we had like set segments and just like that's what we need to do because you're you're obsessed with this new hotline thing, right? Absolutely. So we need to come up with segments. Like we start off like this is the bullshit segment, right? Every episode, and then we do hobby progress, and we do lists, then we do Facebook questions, all that. So we need to come up with a list of topics that we want for breaks, and then put put that list of what we want uh, recordings for on our Facebook, and then people can get on there and record like a little intro for that topic, like say. This is the section of, you know, where we bullshit or whatever. And then we can play that and then as a stop point and then record that section. And then that way it's easy for you to timestamp and keep things more organized. Or not. I'm still <laughs> that out. I was like, uh, <laughs> we'll figure something out. <laughs> if I gotta write show notes, I'll write show notes. I'm just Michael's like, uh, that's just work for me. Ryan can talk a big game because all he does is get on here and talk. He doesn't fucking do any of this computer stuff. I gotta hit this red button multiple times. And... <laughs> uh... You get to instruct me on. You see these two lines? You see when I talk? Look at it. Like, see how it's like kind of a, it's just kind of straight, goes up a little bit. Now you talk. Oh, uh, you see that right there? That's you talking. <laughs> I'll never forget that. That shit's so funny. <laughs> so anyway, so his second question after the show note situation, he says, would you mind writing the topic? Oh, no. I have been sitting on two boxes of Calf Marines impatiently waiting on rules for Thousand Suns to drop. After Inferno is released, would it be possible for you guys to discuss starting Thousand Suns from Calf Prospero boxes? Uh wouldn't have to be its own horse heresy exposed episode though i've enjoyed those immensely you guys rock so his questions were uh if we could cover the thousand sons when they come out i'm i'm pretty sure that's going to be in the ep- like it's got to be like yeah yeah when, when i'd pro- imagine when uh when the inferno book drops that we uh, we cover it, you know, pretty much immediately. I would think. So don't worry, there. We will definitely. Uh... And then if you guys want, uh, like a, we could do, because we did the calf box breakdowns when we, you know, we did that. The reason we haven't really haven't done the Prospero box breakdown is because obviously thirty marine, like we've already done tac marines, and just because they changed the mark of armor, all the tactics are going to be the same. Right. Um, and then the instead of having generic characters in there they actually gave you two like named specific characters instead of like this guy is a chaplain so that like 
I guess I could give you tactics for Armin, I guess. I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, it's kind of a weird thing. And then sisters don't have rules yet, so we can't really do that. So I guess I could do, like, a custode segment. But, with, I mean, that's just why we really haven't done anything specific over the Prospero box. Does that make sense? Yep. No? Yeah, it makes so. sense. Nothing's really changed from the Kalth box. I mean, except the type of armor. Uh, Tataris does make a pretty big difference. Uh, we talk about that all all the time, though. The tactic for Tartarus is to play them as cataphracty. <laughs> <laughs> Bulk them up a little bit. Put a put bigger. Put just put cataphracty shoulder. Sell pads them, on them to find an imperial fist player and trade them to them so that they could then put storm shields on them. <laughs> it just makes sense. It just makes sense. It's just appropriate. So, yeah. So, I mean, did did you have anything else you wanted to go over on that question, Ryan? I mean, we no, we, we I about... just I just wanted to you know put that out there that you know yeah we will uh, definitely cover it and then a couple people have asked about show notes so we were just it's one of those things just got a question just figured we'd answer it gotcha so our second question we got on the messages is you. So I got one from Samuel Pedro. So Samuel used to live in Bloomington, which is like 20 minutes away from where I live now, which is pretty cool. So he just recently moved, um, but uh, he said that he's still got family here, so he's going to come back at some point to when he comes back to visit them. So I told him that when he came back, me and him, uh, to make sure he let me know so that we can get some games in. So if that happens, I'll definitely keep you guys posted. But... Let me find the question that he asked. He said, so he asked me a couple questions. He says, is there any reason not to use a heavy flamer over a flamer other than points? I only have three Kalth flamers and I have a heavy flamer. So I was thinking of using it with some points I saved because I got rid of melt bombs on some units. So to answer that, I mean, I guess the answer is no. I mean, if you have the five points and you don't really have any other upgrades... I mean, they're both assault. They're both template. So you know, same range. No extra restrictions. You're just going up one in strength and down one AP. So there's no reason not to take a heavy flamer as an option, unless you're trying to save points to take the flamer. Makes sense. Yeah. The second one is says. By the way, you guys should definitely do a segment on how to spend unused points now that uh, multi. Uh, multiple melt bombs are not a thing. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I wrote back to him. I said, yeah, we can do the uh, melt bomb thing. So here I said, I told him, I said, here is uh, some fairly cheap things that you can use those points on now that you're going to cut large swaths. So melt bombs on your list. So I said you can put bomb or multi-meltas on rhinos that don't already have multi-meltas on them. Um, you can upgrade, if you have javelins in your army, you can upgrade the heavy bolter on them to multi-meltas. So that'll give you a little anti-tank for cheap. Uh, also, javelins, you could maybe, like if you have multiple vet squads, you're dropping it. That's going to give you, you know, quite a few points. A javelin with a multi-melta on it, a whole vehicle is only 65 points. So you may be able to get like whole javelins out of just getting rid of melt bombs from one unit. Yeah. So the next thing would be land speeders with multi meltas and graviton, like standard land speeders. 
once again, that's another thing where I think a standard land speeder is 45 points. Mm-hmm. So by the time you put a multi-melted graviton on a single land speeder, it's like 65, 75 points, something like that. It's super cheap. So that's something that, you know, you can fit some of those in to, you know, start taking some whole points off vehicles. Um, if you have quad mortars that you haven't upgraded to shatter shells, you can upgrade those to shatter shells for cheap. It's 10 points a quad mortar. That's pretty good anti-tank. Uh, you could put combi meltas on almost any sergeant in a legion list. Almost every sergeant has option for a combi weapon. Right. Um, most most of them do. So you could put combi meltas on there. You could, if you're already running terminators, you can just put more chain fists in your terminator units, like a couple more, just to make sure that you know redundancy. If a couple guys die, um, you can also use the points to upgrade things to slightly more expensive things that provide better anti-tank. So, like if you have a standard Sakaran, you could spend a few more points and make it a Venator. I mean, it requires buying a whole new model, but you know, <laughs> it is what it is. If you have sniper vets, maybe you were running redundant sniper vets and then um, putting melt bombs on them and just using them to do dual roles. So say you had like three sniper vet squads or mark, so I should call them marksmen so people know what we're talking about. So say you had more than one marksman vet squad, you might consider switching any redundant squads that were sniper over to machine killer and then giving those guys meltas and combi meltas. So you have some anti-tank. Um, anything that you took that had heavy bolter sponsons on it, you might spend the extra points and upgrade those heavy bolters to last cannons. Um, and then the last thing would be to uh, purge more of your power armor out of your list in order to take more Terminators with the extra points. So that's what you do with your extra points that you got to use by not taking melt bombs um, is there anything else you can think of? I mean, that was just like things that I thought that were relatively like, I was trying to think of things that were less than a hundred points. I basically. love the land speeder option just because it kind of brings in a whole new element to your army and it's relatively cheap. Yep. Like both points wise and it's cheap. It's one of the cheaper things you can purchase model wise. And it's like, oh, well, I don't have melt bombs in this unit, but now I have a completely separate unit that's pretty decent at killing tanks. So, yeah, I like the land speeder option, especially especially if you're dropping melt bombs from an entire unit and you're getting an extra, you know, 50 points or whatever. You know, and if it's multiple units, you know, you could basically drop melt bombs from three different units and have a full squadron of uh, of land speeders. So I got another thing too. So check this out. So Set. I was thinking about this. So we're going to get to this in a list later on, but I, I figured I'd bring it up because this is on topic exactly for this. So this would work for other units, but the perfect example of it, in my opinion, is death shrouds. Okay. So you know, death shrouds are the death guard specific terminators that are two wounds in Tartarus armor with the sides right. and the hand flamer. Right. Which obviously the scythe and the hand flamer are not anti tank at all. No. So the thing that made those guys versatile and so good was the fact that they were the only Terminators that could take Melt-A-Bombs. And not only could they take Melt-A-Bombs, they could put it on every guy. Mm-hmm. So I got to looking at them and I was thinking, man, these Death Death Guard players are kind of screwed because they're Legion-specific unit. Not e- like even the start, like no, they have no option to take any anti-tank in that unit. And usually people use those as a bodyguard for Mortarian, and Mortarian is just Strength 7. He doesn't have Armor Bane or anything like that. He's just straight Strength 7. 
And then he got he's he got, got smash right. He's got sunder. Well, I think he he also gets smash as well now. Did they, they add F- that? I think in the FAQ they added that to all Primarchs. Are you and sure? It, it could be in the new Legion book too as well. I got the Legion book right here. We'll look real quick. Do it. But regardless, just taking the unit, you know, on its on its own without the Primarch in it. Does he have smash? He does not there. I got the FAQ up in front of me. I wouldn't think he does because Lorgar has smash on his mace as a special rule. So it seems weird that they would give it to all Primarchs, but it's a special rule that he specifically has. Yeah, I think it came out in FAQ because uh, I fucked up Zach by charging a Daredeo into him. And it was like really tough trying to get him off. And then we were like, damn, dude, Mertarian, like, cannot handle dreadnoughts and well then, most primarchs can't a yeah. lot of them can't like curves and shit like that but let me see here because yeah it's a and then i know they updated it and i was like hey now this won't happen anymore but i have to find it i'll have to see if okay well anyway getting yeah. back to my point while you look for that yeah so you figure in order to make up for that in my opinion the best way to do it would be to like, say you had a seven-man squad, just drop one of them, go back down to six, so you're going to get, like, 40 points there, right? And then you're dropping all the melt bombs off the unit because it's stupid to upgrade all your guys to melt bombs if you can only use one. Just don't take them. So that's going to give you, like, 35 more points if you had seven guys. So that's, like, roughly 75, 80 points. At that point find a few other points from dropping Melta Bombs or whatever else in your army and take a Chaplain in Terminator armor with a Chain Fist. Because if you think about it, a Centurion is three base attacks, which all consoles are based on the Centurion stat line. So the mm-hmm. three base attacks. So then on the charge, they become four. And then a Chaplain has Hatred. So you're getting to re-roll all those misses. So one Chaplain with a chain fist on the charge is essentially the equivalent of having seven guys with melt bombs. Hell yeah. <laughs> plus, plus you're giving hatred and fearless to the rest of the unit and, and kid putting two more wounds in the unit that have a two up, four up save. If you put him in cataphracty, but you can put him in Tartarus, whatever. So does that make sense? Yeah. Basically you're re, you're recharging the squad, like basically making it do the same thing it can, but you just have like one guy. But you're gonna have to keep protected. That can right, do... but I mean, he look out, sirs on a two up, you know, and then he's got a two up, it uh, armor save, and then a whatever invul, depending on what terminator armor you put him in. But I was thinking about that for like units that had that had multiple melt bombs before, like pyroclass or those uh, death shroud, um, things like that that you lost that ability to multi-bomb if you put a character in, whether it be a Praetor. In term- so you can do the same thing with a Praetor. Uh, if you take a Praetor and give him a Chain Fist, he's a Praetor's four base attacks, digital lasers takes it to five. On the charge, he goes to six. And then if you master craft it, it's essentially like getting a seventh attack because you're getting to reroll one of those. So that almost replaces seven guys with melt bombs just by adding the one character in. 
No, I mean, it is extra points, but you're also getting this extra character with all the wounds and ability to tank. Plus, you're uh, filling a compulsory slot that you had to fill anyway. But I like the chaplain option because it's actually cheaper than the Praetor option, and it does basically the same thing. Because you're going to get four attacks on the charge, which if you're assaulting a vehicle, because tanks can't assault you. So if you're in close combat with a tank, it's because you've assaulted it, so you're almost always going to get the attack for the charge. Like 99.9% of the time. Yeah. So so you're basically going to be four chain fist attacks, but you get to re-roll any ones and twos for missing. So it's almost like replacing all the bombs in one squad with one guy. I so I guess what I'm saying is if, if you're like Michael from Eye of Horus and you got Stone Gauntlet and you're running like 15 Breachers and a Spartan that used to have Melt Bombs, drop all those Melt Bombs and then just take a Chaplain and Terminator armor to attach to that unit with a Chain Fist. And it it's not going to obviously replace all 15 Melt Bombs you used to have, but it's still putting one single threatening character in there that might be able to solo a Spartan on his own while also helping the rest of the squad. Makes sense. 10-4. So basically, just looking at ways to... Because a lot of people, this change hit them so hard, their army... Like my buddy Nick, like I said, he's got two armies that are... With the models he currently owns, his armies are useless. They're garbage. They won't work. Like if you just took a couple dreadnoughts against him, it's an auto loss. He can't kill him. I'm actually looking to see if they're... I can't find the smash thing, but I know yeah, it Yeah, this, this is the first time hearing of it. I've never heard of that before. I can't find it. I just went through all the FAQ. Sorry, I was a little bit silent there. But yeah, yeah I went through all the FAQ. I couldn't find it. But I don't know. I have to. I have to, I have to like I said, Lorgar, Lorgar, his mace specifically has smash. Yeah, like. So I, I don't, I don't think that that's a thing. Personally, I'll talk to Zach. See, see where it happened because it was. I want to say Rogel Dorn got updated, and like it was like a big deal that Rogel Dorn got it, and it was a big deal that Martarian got it. Well, I mean, like I said, I have the newest book right here. Yeah, I got it too. That's what, that's what I have open right now. Well. I thought what Mortarian got was the thing where he got to... You're, what you're thinking of that both Mortarian and Rogel Dorn got was the thing that made him not unwieldy and just lowers their initiative by one. That's what both of those Primarchs share. That was an ability that they gained. Well, yeah, but there was uh, the issue was that Rogel Dorn couldn't because uh, he had Storm's Teeth and the Voice of Terra. Because like he doesn't, well, he's not armed with like anything that's high strength. He's only strength six. I don't know. I'm pretty sure somebody will send us an email because I'm. Yeah, I'm. I'm not aware of it. If they have smash, I'm not aware of it. The only Primarch that I know off the top of my head that has smash is Lorgar. Yeah, is basically giving them smash. I thought it was all Primarchs had smash, and it may have been something stupid like. Forge World answering it through their Facebook page and not actually putting it in the FAQ. Mm. But I know it was like a big deal because it was like, okay, finally Rogel Dorn can like 
hurt a tank and Mortarian can hold hurt a tank. Well, Rogel Dorn can anyway because he can give up half his attacks to add two to his strength. Okay. Because he, he just has a special rule that does that. What are they? They're like the sixth legion. Yeah, right here. Rogel Dorn has an ability Sundering Blow. Uh, he may opt to increase the strength of his attacks by two and grant the instant death special rule, but he has to have his attacks. So he goes up to strength eight. I don't know. I'll have to see. I may have dreamed it. Okay. <laughs> we'll find out. So anyway, that's the Facebook questions. So those are Facebook messages. All right. So what's next on the list? Daniel's World Eaters 2,500 point list. How about them apples? That's it. So Daniel says, Hi, fellas. Love and Radio Free Esteban. Between your more reality-based approach to and the anarchy of IFORIS, I get my 30K fix. Thanks, guys. Your army list discussions in particular have inspired me to write. A while ago, I dipped my toe in a heresy by way of the calf box. This led to me losing my mind with several serious Forge World frenzies. I've assembled and undercoated most of this stuff, but have no real idea of an army list to start off with. I'm hoping you gents could come up with some starting ideas at a few points levels. Uh, here's what I have to play with. He has Karn, two Apothecaries, ten Red Butchers, Devoured Arms are Magnetized, good job, ten Rampagers, 10 support slash heavy weapon marines with Meltas, magnetized weapons. 30 tack marines with pistols and chain axes. Plus 3 sergeants with power fist. 1 contemptor with twin assault cannon. Uh, 2 contemptors with twin CF uh, combat fist, I'm guessing? Chain, chain fist. fist. Chain fist, okay. Twin chain fist. Anyway. 1 leviathan with Melta siege drill. Uh, 2 land raiders. 1 land raider Achilles. 1 spartan. In the future, I'm thinking of drop pods for dreads, air support, angron, but that's just wish, wish listing. Also, you mentioned that you put zone mortalis rules together. So I don't suppose you have that. In... Okay. So, yeah, so he wrote that out. Kind of reminds me of, like, World Eaters and Land Raiders. Do you remember Ty from Australia? Yeah. Have you seen his uh, World Eaters, the ones he runs? Like, pretty no. much all Land Raiders? No. On his, uh, he's got a Facebook group. Or face, I'm sorry, YouTube channel. Uh, he's called, funny as shit. Yeah. I heard him on Eye of Horus. He's he's hilarious. I need to watch more of his stuff. I just don't watch a lot of battle reps. Yeah, sports. yeah. He uh, he actually plays a list with uh, with land raider, pretty much all land raiders and uh, and world eaters inside the land raiders. Very cool list. I like it a lot. So that's what it sounds like. He's kind of got going for him over here. So all right. Let us know. Let us know what you did. Go for it. So here's my response. So I said, uh, so he wanted a list at several points. So I wrote this list. The list that I'm going to read off is at 2,500 points, but it can easily be raised or dropped to 2,000. So when we get to the end of the 2,500-point list, I'll discuss on how you could easily jump it down or jump it up. So um, I, I only use stuff that is from his list that he currently has. Other than uh, Garland Surlac, which doesn't obviously doesn't have a model, so you just have to convert up. Um, and he's got a Calth box, so I'm sure you know it's not that hard to get some apothecary bits and build a single model. So not a big deal, right? So 
the list I came up with was for his HQ, Karn the Bloody with Gore Child, and he's taking Right of the War, Right of War, Pride of the Legion. Love it. For his second HQ, I took uh, Golan Serlak, which is like for 110 points, maybe the craziest HQ character you can currently take. Maybe. Yep. So for uh, troops, because it's Pride of the Legion, you can take Terminators and Veterans. So for his first troop choice, I took six Red Butchers. Uh, the Devoured has a Chain Fist and a Power Fist. So basically just to keep him cheap. So he has two Special Skulls Combat Weapons. But you're going to always use the Chain Fist. Um, five, the five normal Red Butchers that each have two Power Axes. So basically how they come modeled. Um, and then for dedicated transport, they are in a Spartan with Armored Ceramite, Flare Shield, and Dozer Blade. Uh, for his second troop's choice, I took a six-man veteran tactical squad. The sergeant has Artificer Armor, Combi Melta, and the free Chain Axe. Uh, they took the Machine Killers upgrade. The other five veterans in the unit, uh, one of them has a Melta gun. Uh, the other four have Combi Meltas. And all five of those guys have the free chain axe upgrade. Then for his third troop choice, I took a nine-man veteran tactical squad. The They are weapon masters, so that's the plus one weapon skill. The sergeant has artificer armor and power fist. Um, then the eight other marines, uh, two of them have power axes, and the other six have the free chain axe. And then one guy has a flamer. So it's kind of like throwing the one Scalanthrax dude in there just for fun. Right. Because you can only take one special weapon in a nine-man squad. So then I have a fourth troop choice that's an identical unit to the one I just read. So another nine vets, uh, Artificer Armor Power Fist Sergeant, Weapon Masters, eight guys, two have Power Axes, the other six have Chain Axes, uh, and then a Flamer. So then for... Uh, the first, the first and only elite choice. I took an apothecary detachment, and both there's two apothecaries in the one detachment. Each apothecary ha has artificer armor, and uh, they each have the free chain axe. And then for heavy support, I took a land raider squadron with a single phobos in it, with a dozer blade and armored ceramite, and one of the ten man. A veteran tax will go in there with an apothecary. So, you know, that fills it up. Then I took a second Land Raider Battle Squadron with a single Land Raider Phobos. That Phobos has a Dozer Blade and Armored Ceramite, and the other 10-man veteran squad with apothecary uh, goes in that one. And then I took, uh, for the third uh, heavy support slot, a Land Raider Battle Squadron with a single Land Raider Achilles, and the Achilles just has a dozer blade because it already has built-in armor ceremony. Yeah, yep. And the Achilles holds six guys, so you put the six uh, machine killer vets in the Achilles. So this list features two Phoboses, a Spartan, and an Achilles, and everything is mounted in all of that. So Serlac and Karn will go with the butchers and the Spartan. The apothecaries go with the veterans and the normal land raiders, and the six machine killer vets go in the Achilles. I like it a lot, dude. I that is like a shitload of fourteen coming at you, and uh, yeah, I guess I figure with melt bombs going away. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> just saying. Uh, <laughs> this with is that the going new away. 
<laughs> Welcome to the new meta, boys. <laughs> so, you know, people are going to struggle with this much armor 14 without, you know, you can't just like put that veteran squad speed bump out there that they have to try to avoid and not get close to. Um, so really all you got to worry about is like the chain fist wielding Terminator guys. So what you're going to do is wait for those guys to get close or threaten you and then get your infantry out to screen for your tanks. And like, I figure these weapon master vets. So say somebody has like a five man cataphracty squad, they're pretty tough. But if you assault in with these 10 veterans because world eaters gain rage. Yeah. And then if you feel like the Terminators are maybe going to fight back and kill your guys anyway, Garland Surlac or Gallon Surlac gives you that rule where any unit with an apothecary in it, you can roll a D6 or you can uh, give every guy in the unit an extra attack if you choose to, like, you know, trigger them or whatever. Yeah. And then at the end of combat, they lose guys. But if you're going to, you know, the squad's basically going to die anyway, you know, why not do it? So anyway, even without turning that on these guys are 50 attacks on the charge out of a land raider because mm. they're all two base attacks yeah so you're going to have 50 attacks out of these weapon master squad um hitting on threes mostly. hitting on threes so you're going to in the or sorry the sergeant is going to have one less attack because so it's going to be 49 attacks so 10 of those attacks will be power axe attacks four of those attacks will be power fist attacks and all those other all the other attacks will be strength five chain fist attacks. Chain axe. Yeah. What did I say? Chain fist. Chain. Oh yeah. Chain axe. Yeah. So I feel like that's pretty good. Like for a cheap vet squad rolling up, like you might kill those cataphracty just by putting, you know, you kill a lot of them just by putting uh, wounds. a ton of wounds on them. Yeah. And then if you run into something really nasty, like I said, that's not in your favor anyway. Uh, go ahead and trigger that apothecary where everybody gets another additional attack on off of that with the Gowan Serlek rules. I dig it, man. I like, uh, I guess, how how would you run this? Like, because you're looking at four tanks on the table at 2,500 points. Like, basically, yeah. you're looking at four tanks, starts on the table... Would you like shield the other land raiders with the Spartan and Achilles? Because Achilles comes stock with a kind of a flare shield kind of thing, right? It's like fifteen on the front or something. No, no, no. It's it's fourteen all around with armored ceramite built in, and then at any time that you score a penetrating hit on it, it reduces your damage roll by one. Okay. So you can't explode it unless you're AP one, because of even with AP two, if you roll a six, it goes down. It stays a six and just becomes immobilized. <coughs> so, I guess if you were running this list, how would you how would you deploy out and move forward with it? I just drive it forward. It's it's pretty straightforward. It's very world eater. <laughs> just run. I mean, you're them. talking. You got a Spartan and four land raiders, or three three land raiders. One of which is an Achilles. So the Spartan and Achilles are extremely hard to kill. And then if you do kill the Spartan or once they get out, you're going to have to deal with six Red Butchers with an attached Karn and Gallon. Gallon gives them a four-up, feel no pain. So that's a really hard unit. So it's just like a whole bunch of really tough shit to kill. Um, these things are going to... What I would personally do with this list is drive all the Land Raiders up 12 inches turn one, use Power of the Machine Spirit to fire one weapon on each tank at full ballistic skill, then snap fire the rest of it. 
And then on turn two, probably creep forward six, get out six, and then assault with everything. So you're looking at a mass turn two assault with most of this stuff. And then at that point, the tanks kind of stay midfield and just start whipping a bunch of last cannon, uh, multi-meltas, and uh, quad mortar shots. I like it. And then even though you don't have... Uh, so Karn has Armor Bane on Gorechild. The Red Butcher Devoured has a, a bunch of Chain Fist attacks. The Machine Killer Vets would go after... Like a knight, like if somebody had a knight, there's no knights that have any shooting that'll hurt an Achilles other than the Atropos. But all the other ones you can literally just drive up to and have no danger of them shooting at it. And then drive up so that it can't assault you and just try to get in striking range where you can then move forward, deploy out six, and then shoot your Meltus 12 with all those machine killers and just blow their knight up. Or whatever. So that's kind of your super heavy killer. Just drive forward with that. Achilles to get try to cl get closer to their super heavy and jump out with all this machine killer melted guys, just or try to or try to assault them with the uh, red butchers with Karn in there and get a bunch of armor main on it that way. It looks good, dude. I dig it. And then against flyers, you have two twin link multi meltas, four twin link las cannons, and two twin linked quad las cannons. So you're just gonna fish for sixes with las. I mean, that's people underestimate that. Twin linked, and then I mean, yeah. Once you hit, it's you know it's going to wreck most flyers. Yeah. yeah. So to lower this down to two thousand, um, all you really have to do is take out the Achilles and the six man veteran squad. Um, that's pretty close to five hundred points right there added together. So you basically just drop those two things. And then maybe like a single red butcher, and I think that gets you at two thousand. So you're basically just losing the the those like which those are kind of your super heavy killer anyway. Like I said, so um, you do that to jump up to three thousand. Um, my idea was to put the um, Leviathan dreadnought in and take the. Leviathan Dreadnought and a uh, take the Leviathan Dreadnought and the either the Mortis or the uh, dual chain fist guy doesn't really matter and just run them on foot and just kind of shield the Spartan with them like do the JFK thing and just kind of run forward with them <laughs> and just put like more hard to kill annoying units in there. If he wants to take Angron, he could throw Angron in the the Spartan with the Red Butchers. And if you're going to run Angron, I would drop Karn because Karn without Gorechild is kind of not that great. So you could use a uh, Gallon Serlac as your compulsory HQ. Take I think I don't think he has the support officer rule. He might if he does, just take a chaplain instead of Karn. If he doesn't, or if he does have it, just drop Karn. Put uh and run in and say just save yourself some points and find some other stuff. Um, if he does have the support officer rule, just take a chaplain and then take Karn or Karn um, Angron, and then one of the dreadnoughts. So anyway, I, I I like this list. I think it's very cool. It's pretty fluffy, and I think it will work pretty well. I think it'll be fun. Like I said, uh, actually, you know what? Let me go ahead and 
like I said, Ty plays a list very similar to this. And yep. let me get his YouTube channel real quick. That way I can send this guy over there so he can get some ideas on how to play. Uh, it's WW40K Australia. And if you go to that YouTube channel, you can see a list like this. I don't think it's exactly the same. I don't think... Uh, but it's very close. You, I, I know he plays like max uh, tactical squads. Yeah, and so it's not a, it's not exactly like this. But you can kind of see the tactics on how to run your, your right. Land so I sent this kill. to Daniel, and he already replied. He said, "Thanks, I really like this list. It's cool. Uh, I haven't thought about Pride of the Legion, um, Berserker Assault, or Bloody Path. Seems to be what most people go to. Um, am I thinking that you're focusing on the extra close combat attack through vets?" Is that why you did Pride of the Legion? I said, I also need to look around for Galen Sirlak. I can't find his rules. I told him where his rules were at, that they're in book six. Um, I'm planning on getting the black books, but I have yet to make it to that 420 pounds to get all the books. Yeah, they're pretty expensive. Um, and then, I, so I basically sent him the Galen rules. I just took a screenshot of the ones on my phone so he could have them. Um, and then I, I replied back to him. I said, yeah. Veterans get the bonus attacks. They also get access to better war gear because they can take power weapon squad wide and a free veteran skill that they want. I just felt this was a better use of the models that you owned because he owns tactical Marines. So like vets are just better than tacticals if you can take vets instead. Um, I like bloody path a lot, but I typically only really like it with dread claws and Charybdis. Otherwise you have to drive across the entire board before you get the bonus where dread claws and, Charybdis, you just start in their zone and immediately start with the bonus. First turn bonuses. Yep. So that was Daniel's list. Sounds good. I actually like pulled up that YouTube channel. Yeah. And he's using Spartans now instead of Land Raiders. Well, he took there him to, to Geigenhive. He took Spartans instead, but should be the same thing. Same idea. Same concept. So anyway. Next thing on the list, man, is going to be Jack's 2,500-point Death Guard list. Is it 2,500 or 2,000? I thought it was 2,000. 2,000. I wrote 2,500 in the notes, in the show notes. See, the show notes wouldn't even help you guys because they're all... (laughs) (laughs) All right, Jack says, Good afternoon, Istvan radio operators. I hope Thanksgiving holidays found you well and your pants still fit, as I know mine are a bit on the tighter side. Sadly, sweatpants in the office is frowned upon. I want to say <laughs> I love you, the show, and you guys have been both entertaining and educational. I have learned a lot and gotten super pumped to get started into the heresy. Below's my first Death Guard list that I compiled using the Reaping Rite of War. I love that Rite of War. Uh, it would be greatly appreciated if you could provide some feedback and constructive criticism, even though that Rite of War kicked my ass whenever I played Raven Guard. Zach <laughs> played it so well with all the Augury Scanners. Uh, so it's the Traitor Death Guard list, 2,000 points. Uh, he's got a Legion Praetor and Cataphract Armor with a Kami Bolter, Power Scythe, Digital Lasers, Iron Halo, and Rad Grenades. Durak Rask, which is stock. Death Shroud Terminators, uh, five of them, I'm guessing. Four. Four. They oh, started, four. They started uh, two. Okay, so four Death Shroud with Melt Bombs and a Land Raider Phobos. Legion Tactical Squad with a Rhino Transport, a Sergeant with Power Scythe, and Melt Bombs and Artifice Armor. Uh, he took two of those. 
A Legion Tactical Squad, Sergeant with a Power Scythe, Melta Bombs, and Artificer Armor. No Rhino. A Legion Heavy Support Squad, five Marines with last cannons. Sergeant has Augury, Augury Scanner and Artificer Armor. Uh, fast Attack. He has a Legion Javelin Attack Speeder Squadron, two speeders with Chem Flamers, one Chem Flamer, and Twin Link last cannon. So three Land Speeders altogether. Uh, Two of them have chem flamers. One has a twin link glass cannon instead of the missile launcher. I'm guessing, yeah, because they're javelins. Th- okay, yeah. I think he only had two. I think that's just written weird, but I think he only had two. Oh, oh, two speeders, two time speeder with chem flamer. Okay, yeah, I okay. think he broke chem flamer twice. Okay, so I think they have chem flamers and last cannons. I think one oh, has the last cannon. Oh, it doesn't matter. Whatever. Uh, in his heavy support, he took Grave Wardens, two have Chain Flist, one has a heavy claim Chem Flamer. Uh, this list is for a local group that is starting out here in Northwest Arkansas. Starting points value will be set at 2,000. I want to build up a list that's fun, fluffy, and easy to expand on later in the collection, as the collection grows. I am fully open to a complete redesign of the list, as I have some nice tax return money sitting around to get the collection growing beyond a calf box and a night castigator. Uh, the plan for the army is very simple. As a Death Guard, don't care for fancy tactics, and neither do I as an IG player in 40k. The two Legion Tactical Squads, along with the Death Shroud and Praetor, move up in their transports to contest and or secure objectives early on, with Rask and friends laying down some heavy fire and providing aerial denial to enemy transports for key objective areas. The on-foot tacticals, along with the Grave Wardens, are to push up behind the transports to reinforce or finish off enemy squads that manage to get through the first wave and are holding objectives. They are also there to help counter any deep-striking units that happen to show up on the battlefield after the last cannon soften them up with interceptor fire. Lastly, the Javelin attack bikes are there for quad battery removal work or harassing black backfield support units in cover with use of their heavy cam flamers. He I doesn't s- have any attack bikes in here. Uh, the ja- Oh, well, he meant... It says Javelin attack bikes, but <laughs> I think he meant Javelin attack speeders. Yeah, okay, anyway. Uh, I am stuck with the power scythes as they were just too fluffy to pass up. While not the best dealing with the AP with with armor, the AP two reaping blow is a nice benefit to help with the odds when they I hit blob squads. Not sure I should should have put one in the hands of the Praetor, but it seemed rather fluffy at the time. I'm not married to any of the squads, and I'm not 100 percent and I am 100 percent open to any and all proposed changes except for the Rod of War, as it seems to fit my preferred playstyle rather well. Thank you for taking the time to read this and potential feedback. Keep up the amazing work and promoting the hobby. Thanks again, Jack. He says Jack. He says not not like the Canadian dickhead. I don't know of a Canadian Jack Beaver. I got you. I don't know. I'm going to Google Jack Beaver. You're going to Google? Okay. So I tried to stick uh, fairly close to his list, and and, uh, I think I fulfilled... You know all of his little caveats in there on what he wanted to keep. I agree with him on the uh, Praetor. He needs to get rid of that uh, scythe and switch over to a chain fist. Uh, going back to the discussion we had earlier about losing melt bombs on the death routes. Did you find Jack Beaver? I did, but it doesn't look like he's Canadian. He's a composer. Hmm. A British film I composer. Know. I don't think he's a... I'll keep looking. All right. Well, anyway, so the list I wrote, 
I switched this Praetor over to Praetor in uh, Tartaros Terminator armor. He's got Combi Bolter, Chain Fist, Digital Lasers, Iron Halo, so it takes his save back up to 4-up. Grenade Harness, so because him and the Death Shroud, if they assault into difficult terrain, because he would be the only one with... None of them would have grenades. They would drop to I-1, so with the Grenade Harness, it'll keep them fighting at initiative three with their scythes, which is important. And also rad grenades due to the uh, just being able to take them with the reaping. So I like this guy to put in with the death shroud instead of just another guy with a scythe because it makes the unit dual purpose again by because this guy will be uh, six chain fist attacks on the charge, which is, you know, replaces all the melt bombs and then some of the, that the unit's going to lose. Does that make sense? Yeah, I get okay. it. And I put him in Tartaros armor so he can still sweeping advance with the Death Shroud since they're also in Tartaros armor. So for second HQ, I kept uh, Marshal Rask. Uh, he's basically a siege breaker for those people who don't know. Um, so he has all the rules that a siege breaker has. Um, for his first troop choice, I took ten tactical marines. The sergeant has artificer armor, power scythe, melt bombs, and then just nine other basic dudes. They're in a Rhino with a Multimelta. Then I took a second identical squad to that. So just another 10 guys, Sergeant, Power Scythe, Melt Bombs, Artificer Armor, uh, nine basic dudes in a Rhino with a Multimelta. For the third troop choice, because the uh, Reaping allows you to take Heavy Sport Marines as non-compulsory troops, I took five guys with uh, LAS Cannons. The Sergeant has an Augury Scanner. Um, then I took his four Death Shroud that he already had, but I just dropped the Melt Bombs off of him for reasons. Um, I put them in a Land Raider Phobos and gave the Phobos Armored Ceramite, which his original one didn't have. Um, so they are an Elite's Choice. So for the second Elite's Choice, I took um, two Quad Mortars. They have Shatter Shells and Phosphex Canister Shot. Then for the second Elite's Choice, I took two more Quad Mortars with Shatter Shells and Phosphex Canister Shot. And then for Heavy Support, I took five Grave Warden Terminators. Uh, two of them have Chain Fist, and everybody else just kept their Grenade Launcher. I don't like the Heavy Flamer upgrade on Grave Wardens. The Grenade Launcher is far superior to that Flamer for free. And the Flamer costs points to upgrade to a far worse weapon. I'm very adamant about not putting that stupid flamer on those guys. Okay. I get it. So, well, they already come with a template attack that's poison three plus. Yep. And then they, then they have the grenade launcher on top of that. So why would you switch to a weapon? That's not as good as the other weapon that they already have. The non range template. Points? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So anyway, so this list is, uh, 1,995 points. So I said, I, t I wrote after this, rules is written to unlock Phosphex, you need a Siege Breaker. Rask is clearly one of those, but it doesn't say it anywhere in his rules. It's just inferred. So if anyone gives you flack, you can either drop Phosphex, I wouldn't, or just build a Siege Breaker with identical war gear to Rask and call him Rask. <laughs> uh, you don't lose anything rules-wise other than his Warlord trait, which is okay, but not a must-have thing. Uh, all that being said, I don't think anyone will dispute with you that Rask is a Siege Breaker and should unlock Phosphex. 
in the Forge World FAQ, somebody asked them, is Erebus a chaplain? And they were like, yeah, dummy, he's clearly a chaplain. So he counts as a chaplain. But because people haven't asked about every single character that's clearly supposed to be something, but it doesn't say, they didn't say. Does that make sense? Yeah. So I don't think anybody, like, he's clearly a Siegebreaker. He has all the Siegebreaker rules. He's just a named character, so it doesn't say Siegebreaker where it would only say Siegebreaker. So I feel like he should unlock Phosphex. But, like I said, you can build a totally identical guy that just doesn't have his Warlord trait for actually a few less points, I think. So, that's the list I wrote. So, I, I didn't like the Javelins in the original list. I don't think those seem very Death Guard at all. And even if you like the Javelins and wanted to run them with your Death Guard army, you should not put Heavy Flamers mixed with Last Cannons. It's like the most ecleptic... Um, like, war gear, like, you'll never... Well, for one, you don't ever want your javelins in a situation where they're using heavy flamers. <laughs> and they also, if you're shooting a heavy flamer, you're doing that at infantry. You don't really want a last can, a single last cannon shot. And if you're shooting at tanks, you definitely don't want a heavy flamer. So it's kind of a weird, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. So if you want to run javelins and you put last cannons on them, the other weapon should probably be a multi-melta. Or something ranged at least. At the very least something ranged, but yeah, I get right. you. So, what do you think about that list? I like it, man. I like it a lot. Uh, I mean, he just re really just kind of cleared up his old list. I mean... Right. I kept everything that he wanted to keep. Um, I, I think it worked out well. I basically traded the Javelins and that extra uh, tactical squad that was just on foot for Quad Mortars with Phosphex, which I think is going to perform better and then swapped his Warrior around. Now, real quick, writing this list, I got a cool Death Guard idea. So... Think back to the uh, World Eater list we just did with the guys in Land Raiders. Right. So I think the other army that could actually do that well is Death Guard. So instead of running Pride of the Legion in that World Eater list we just did, think about um, running the Reaping, all right? But putting just standard tactical squads in those land raiders and then arming them like I have them armed here where the sergeant has a uh, power scythe and melta bombs and artificer armor, but also give them rad grenades and then buy the additional close combat weapon for all the tactical guys. Okay. Yeah. So that, that means your basic tack guys will be three attacks on the charge, but with rad grenades, it's going to lower the toughness down to, Three, so they're going to win more often. And then the Power Scythe guy, because the Power Scythe fights before I-1, but is AP-2, um, and, and raises the strength and all that, with the Reaping Blow where you can get some extra attacks, you can cull a lot of guys with it. Gotcha. So yeah. you could take, like, uh, Land Raider squadrons, take the Reaping, and then just put, you know, some basic tactical power armored guys in those Land Raiders and drive them forward and kind of use the same idea of the list before. I dig it, yeah. I guess I'm kind of upset. Like, now that I feel like power armor, well, after the melt bomb thing, we, you know, I'm not going to get on the big thing. We had that giant rant last week. But power armor just seems to be getting less and less useful. useful. So I'm trying to find ways to kind of keep it alive and give people, like, hope. Like, if you have all these power armor guys painted, like, some things you can do with them. Yeah. Finally get those heavy weapon sets sold and all that jazz and... 
So anyway, I'm kind of obsessed with the idea of doing a reaping Death Guard list like with a bunch of dudes and land raiders. So I might write that up, and I'm, that might actually because I keep threatening to do a Death Guard army. That might actually do be what I do with my Death Guard. Do it. Be about it. Knock it out. So anyway, I think that that's done. I think I answered all of his questions. That he just be. wanted two thousand points, right? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so I think we're good there. So next up on the list is Christian, and yep. we're actually following up with Christian. So how do you want me to do this, man? Because we went over this list. This is the Ultramarine list that we went over last show. Mm-hmm. So just start with his follow-up email where he said... Thanks for a reviewed list. I really enjoy listening it to episode yep. 31. Yeah, that one. I feel like a dummy. I forgot about drop pods requiring a rod of war. I really like the idea of including a chaplain list. I'm going to buy the Kalth box, so I will have one available to use. I was just thinking I could give the chaplain a legatine axe and a boarding shield slash bolt pistol combo for one of the Invictarius Caesarians. I plan to convert it into my Praetor. I'll be honest, I didn't really look into the Fire Raptor, but I have had a look and looks pretty cool with the Reaper auto cannons on the side. It kind of reminds me of the gunships the clone troopers use in Clone Wars TV show, not the crap movie. I, <laughs> I like the movies. <laughs> but. J, JP, JP would be... Well, maybe it's... I can't remember. Everybody on our little podcast chat Facebook thing is always... Like, there's like they're broken to clans over which Star Wars movies are shit and which ones aren't. Yeah. It's pretty funny. <laughs> I did I did like the Clone Wars TV show as well. Yeah. But, yeah. Anyway... Uh, putting the Leviathan in a drop pod would make it more effective. However, I'm not a big fan of the model, so I'm not that keen uh, to get one now. Uh, how would you change the list further to incorporate the Fire Raptor and Chaplain with the loadout I listed? So, all right. So I basically redid my list that I had that I did to redo his list. So it's a redo of a redo. Now with these new upgraded. Uh, things so let's see what i did here which list is it okay so here we go so i told him i said don't worry about the drop pod thing that gets a lot of people new to 30k no shame in it i said so here's the thing the fire raptor is heavy support the issue with this is that uh that uh the spartan the leviathan and the sakaran are also heavy support so that's four heavy support, and you only get three slots. So the only way to fix it and get all four into the list is to take a unit that can take a dedicated transport. Since you're getting a Kalth box anyway, I rewrote your list to include five Cataphracti from the box. Uh, these guys are my personal favorite generic 30K unit, so I think you will like them, and it's not too much of a compromise. Uh, also, on the plus side, it won't cost you any extra real-life money, as you'll uh, and it gives your list more flavor. I truly do think you will like the Fire Raptor better in your list and get more use out of it. Also, since the Spartan will now be dedicated to your Termes, your Suzerains will then need to buy a different ride than the Spartan that was originally in the list. I chose a Dreadclaw for them, which works great for, their, for them rules-wise, and adds your original Drop Pod element back in without using up your Ride of War slot. So here's the new list. So of all the, because I wrote this guy basically three lists now, because I wrote him two lists on the, the episode last, last week. So this is now the third of the three lists. This is my favorite list that I wrote for him. 
Okay. So I hope that he sticks with this one. So I got a chaplain with a power axe, artificer armor, refractor field. If he's wanting to use the... I, I don't know why I put a refractor field on there. If he's wanting to use a... He, the, the refractor field is the same points as a boarding shield. So he can just put a boarding shield on this guy instead of a refractor field so he can use the model that he wanted to build. Done. So chaplain, uh, power axe, artificer armor, boarding shield. Uh, Praetor with... Uh, Mantle of Ultramar, Paragon Blade, Melt of Bombs, Digital Lasers, Iron Halo. Uh, so then for... Are these troops or elites? Uh, oh, it's Pride of the Legion, so these would be troops. So uh, 10 veteran marines with marksmen. Uh, two of them have melta guns. Uh, they're in a rhino with a pencil-mounted multi-melta. Then for second troops choice, it is uh, five... Uh, Cataphracty Terminators. The sergeant has Combi Bolter Power Fist. Um, the other four guys have Combi Bolters. Two of them have Power Fist and two of them have Chain Fist. And they are in a dedicated Spartan with Armored Ceramite Flare Shield Dozer Blade. Then for a third troop's choice, it's eight Tactical Support Marines. The Tactical Support Sergeant has Bolter and Augury Scanner. The other seven Marines have Volkite Calibers. Um, then for a elite's choice. There's a apothecary and artificer armor. Uh, then, as a second elite's choice, there is a, a Invictus uh, suzerain squad. It's eight of them, so eight Invictus suzerains. Then, for fast attack, there's an Anvilus pattern dreadclaw, which the suzerains go in with the apothecary and the um, chaplain. Uh, then, for Heavy support, there's a Sikorin Venator Tank Destroyer. For the second heavy support, there's a Leviathan Pattern Dreadnought. The Leviathan has a Siege Drill with Melta in the hand, Leviathan Storm Cannon, two torso-mounted twin-link Volkite Calivers, Armored Ceramite, Phosphex Discharger. And then for the third and final unit in the uh, heavy support and unit in the list is a Fire Raptor Gunship with autocannon batteries in the side, four wing-mounted Hellstrikes. It's exactly 2,500 points. So how it works, the Chaplain and Apothecary go with the Suzerains to make a 10-man squad. They all go in the Dreadclaw, which will term come in turn one. The Praetor goes with the Terminators and the Spartan. Turn one, the Dreadclaw should, will arrive automatically. The guys should stay in it for protection, usually. If anything shoots at it, you can jink, and it's surprisingly hard to kill. Do not forget the first turn uh, is usually is sometimes Night Fight, which makes a jink a three up. The Spartan then pushes forward with the Leviathan in close support to smash anything that gets close to the Spartan. The uh, tactical the tactical support guys stand on an objective, start laying down fire. The Venator opens up on their most dangerous vehicle. Turn two, hopefully the fire raptor arrives and starts smoking things. Uh, gets to shoot. I went in. I was explaining how the fire raptor rules work to him since he's new to the fire raptor. So I went in how it can shoot all of its stuff at different targets and all that. Um, and then I said, hopefully the vets also arrive via outflank and jump out of the rhino and start. A sniper bolter fire on an infantry or shoot melta guns at a vehicle or whatever. The multi-melts on the rhino also coming in from the table edge is really good in the rear side arc of a tank. Uh, after this, the suzerains can get out of the dread call and turn two and assault because it's an assault vehicle. Hopefully your Spartan moves up close and dumps out the termies and Praetor who will also assault on this turn. The Leviathan should now be able to move up into premium weapon range and start really messing things up while your other stuff continues to do what it does and stay back and shoot. Hopefully you like the list. So, 
I really like that list. I'm a big fan of that list. Uh, I think it will work well. You're very proud of it. I'm proud of it. And it's it one of the cooler ones I've written. Two renditions of it, so. Well, I got everything in there that he wanted, and it all functions, and I feel like it's going to be pretty competitive and mean. Like, it covers all bases. I, I like it a lot. I'm pretty pretty happy with it. So, hopefully he likes it. I think he's going to have a whole bunch of fun. So, that's sure. that one. All right. So next on the list comes from John. I really I found out I didn't realize till later on that this was Giancarlo from The Perils of the Wallet. So this is Giancarlo. He says, "Hey guys, and this we actually went over his last uh, last episode. We went over a Salamander's Fury of the Ancient list for him." And he sent us an email back saying, Hey guys, thanks for going over my previous Fury of the Ancients list. I should have mentioned that it was not a serious list I was <laughs> contemplating. Uh, personally, I would never run it because of what Michael mentioned. If I get tabled, I could potentially give a 30k record breaking VPs total to my opponent. Uh, I was just trying to find some use of the mandatory HQs, which I don't understand. I don't understand them either. And maximizing the dreadnoughts. I also wasn't sure how unfluffy it would be to give rad missiles to the servitors. Very unfluffy for Salamanders. <laughs> I've never used rad missiles, and I don't know how their effectiveness is. Uh, I The suggestions you gave for two troop choices was actually my LVO list from last year, including t- tra- Cassian Dracos. I had something like nine or ten dreadnoughts on the table, and my worst results were against Mechanicum. I do have a little more serious of a list using two talons of Cortis and utilizing the armor breakthrough. These are models that I own, except I haven't found the motivation to build the two troop choice predators. And I've actually seen his list. He's got a shitload of drop uh, dreadnoughts already. Um, so his list is HQ Cassian Dracos. Uh, he took his command vehicle. Company command vehicle is a Sakaran battle tank, which is his warlord. Has armor ceramite, two sponsored mounted last cannons. Uh, under his troop choice section, he took a Predator with two sponsor mounted heavy bolters, a second Predator with two sponsor mounted heavy bolters. Uh, in his elite swat, in his elite spot, he took a Contemptor Quartz's Dreadnought Talon, uh, which are my favorite loadout of Quartz's Dreadnought a Dreadnought Close Combat Weapon, a Dreadnought Chain Fist, two Graviton guns in each hand, well, a Graviton gun in each hand, and extra armor. He took six of those. So he's got yeah. So two talons of three, and every dreadnought is armed with chain fist, dual graviton gun, and extra armor. Yep, and they're all cordists. Oh yeah. Then he took a contemptor mortis dreadnought with two twin link glass cannons, and extra armor, and his fast attack. Fast attack choice. Hmm. Am I boring you, Michael? No, this man. Boring you. It was a long <laughs> night of playing cards against Mandy. Uh, <laughs> in his fast attack choice, he took a anvilus pattern dread claw, and I'm guessing that's where Cassian's going. Yep. And then in his heavy support, he took a Leviathan Pattern Siege Dreadnought with uh, a drill, two torso-mounted twin-linked Volkite Cavaliers, Armored Ceramite, and a Dreadnought Trot Pod. So 2480 points. I know you had a concern about the two drop pods, as usual. Yeah, two, two drop pods is the worst number of drop pods. So he's going to have to decide between his Leviathan or Cast and Dracos turn one, which is a no-win scenario. So... I recommend just dropping any other dreadnought from the list. Doesn't really matter which one you drop. Just drop a dreadnought. Um, 
and find just find a hundred points to buy another dreadnought drop pod for um one of the dreadnoughts. What if he staged his anvilist like midfield? And then second turn when he no, got... no, 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 no. Just just get them both in. You want Cast and Dracos and the Leviathan turn one. Trying to deal with that turn one while all that other stuff runs forward, it's key. I think. But you're still going to be in your Anvilus. Oh, you're talking about getting the Leviathan. And Cassin turn one. So they can both assault turn two. They're too many points and they're too good and they're too killy to delay them till turn three to do anything. Okay. I get what you're saying. So I like. Um, so he's got 20 free points, so he only needs 80 points. So if you figure, so 80 points, you could drop the Contemptor Mortis, take the last cannons off and go down. I don't know. I'm not even really a big fan of the Cortis of the Mortis in the list. If there was a drop pot, I was going to, I would drop it probably be that one, but he's got 20 points. Let's see, 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30, 40, or 35. So you got, if you drop the extra armor it, with the extra 20 points, that'd be 55. You'd only need 45 points. What about the armored ceramite and sponsor amount of last cannon on the Sakaran? Oh, is that, did he have that? I didn't yep. see that. He had armored yeah, ceramite. Yeah, 100% get rid of the armored ceramite. So that's 20 there. So that's 40. So he needs 60. Yeah, that's what I would do. Get rid of the... Well, the last cannons are all right. The Sakaran is his warlord as well. And it's got BS5. Get rid of the fucking heavy bolters on the Predators. Who cares? Heavy bolters. That's what I would do. So get rid of all the heavy bolters on the Predators and just run them with the turret. Because um, he says he doesn't even have them done yet anyway. So that way you just have the auto cannons. So that's going to save you 40 points and get rid of the armored ceramite. That saves you 60 points. Then you have 20 points already. That's 80. So you only need 20 more points. Just cut some of the uh, extra armor off the dreadnoughts and then just take a dreadnought drop pod. Or you could just drop the Contemptor Mortis altogether. And... Yeah. And then you'd have 90 more points floating around to put whatever upgrades. All I'm saying is a 100-point Dreadnought Drop Pod is 100% key to this list. I think the cuts I would make are the Armored Ceramite, the Heavy Bolters off the Predators, and then you already have 20 points, so you only need to find 20 more, which what, isn't that hard. What, uh, and I think we've talked about this before, what, okay, let's say he drops a Contemptor Mortis, what flyer would he have to worry about realistically? In in this army, yeah. Besides a lightning, uh, a lightning or a uh, avenger. That's it. Okay. But I guess my thought on that is, so he shoots this two twinling glass cannons at it, and it jinx and gets three up jinx saves. Yep. So he's not likely to kill it, and then it just hovers around for one turn, and then it unloads. Then it starts shooting things. So yeah, there's not really, and there's so many targets to choose from. Hmm. And also the Mortis, like we've talked about it before, it's just kind of a shitty intercepting. It's not bad at anti-air, 
but it's bad at intercepting because you're locked in position for them to come in just out of your arc because you only have a 45-degree arc with those guns. Yeah, exactly. So the mort- I would just drop the mortise altogether. Like, it seems fun to have, but it's just not a... Not good for this list. Well, not good for mo- most lists. Unless, like, unless you're running two of them, each guarding a certain section of field, but then you'd have yeah. to really be afraid of anti-air. Yeah. But yeah, get that get that extra drop pod, hundred percent. That way you can get two boys to basically. Then you can drop hold. Leviathan and Cassin turn one, and then you're rolling for one of your Cortises turn two, and they just come in, you know, and you know start already in their backfield. And then the other five come running up and handle business. Yep, that's what I would do. I like it. I like that idea. And he's got, I know he's got the models for it. I know he does. So that's that, man. Let's see what's next here. Sons of Horus. Sons of Horus Spear Tip. Hello, RFI team. And this is coming from Nicholas Dion. I'm going on deployment soon, military, and I'll be saving a lot of money. I want to start a Sons of Horus army, first company, with Jastarians and Catulan Reavers. I want to include Abaddon at 2,000 points and add in Horus at 2,500. Orbital Assault Rod of War, so a lot of drop pods, jump packs, and teleports. Hard-hitting, fast, and rely on its Legion rules and fluffy. Uh, Can you help me out? I'm looking for 2K, 2.5, and 3K with succession of core army. I tend to go overboard and forget about points requirements, hence why I'm asking for help. Let me know what you think, Nicholas. <laughs> this might be the hardest list I've ever written for this show. I'm not going <laughs> to lie. I had such a f- headache writing this list because trying to fit Abaddon, Horus, Just Aaron, and Reavers all in an orbital assault list is hard. Because you're talking like you're already starting with like 1,400 points of models before you even give them any rides. <laughs> and you don't have anything starting on the board. You know what I'm saying? So that's without even adding Reavers. That's just the... because So Reavers on their own aren't troops, right? Unless you take Malagurs. Right. So my thought was, well, you take Horus and he'll make Just Aaron troops. So you take Horus and then two Just Aaron and then your compulsory HQ, which will be Abaddon. But just that is like 1,300 points. <laughs> so you're like, ugh. So, and also I wasn't sure when he sent me this email, I told him, I said, I wasn't sure if you only wanted just Aaron and Reavers in the list, or if I could add in some vets. Uh, uh, so I wrote him a couple lists. Uh, we'll just ri- I'll just read off the final one. So the one that I felt like was the most clever use was I actually, instead of taking Orbital Assault, I went with uh, Black Reaving. Because Black Reaving allows you to take Reavers as troops. Okay? And Reavers can take uh, Anvil's Dreadclaws as dedicated transports. Black Reaving also allows anything in uh, Just Errands to... uh, Deep Strike, and then Abaddon gives Terminators Deep Strike as well. And the only requirement for Black Reaving is Master of the Signal. 
So at 2,000 points, it's Abaddon taking the Black Reaving, and he's got a power sword and his power fist, a base master of the signal, uh, a full 10-man Reaver squad. The Chieftain has Artificer Armor, Power Fist, and then there's nine normal Reavers. Uh, seven of them have Chain Axes, two of them have Power Fist, and they're in an Anvilus. So I told him, if he doesn't like this loadout, if he'd rather give him like, Melt Guns or whatever, I kind of just went with this loadout as a placeholder. The Chain Fists are one point apiece, or the Chain Axes, sorry, are one point apiece. I keep saying Chain Fist. Um... It's because I'm obsessed with them now. That there's no melt bombs apparently. <laughs> so, anyway, I like the uh, the chain axes on them because they're one point a piece, and chain axes are just well worth the one point. I put the power fists on there. They're 15 points, you know, per guy in the squad. That those could instead of being power fists could be melt bomb or melt guns. They could be you know whatever you wanted to make them. I just put this loadout on there because I feel like in a dread claw you want to come in, hide in it, and then the next turn you get out and assault. So I feel like. Like you'll get all those power fist attacks as opposed to just a single melted gun attack was my mentality. Yep. But you could do it however. So anyway, first troop choice is that Reaver squad. Second troop choice is an identical squad. So another 10 Reavers. Chieftain has Artificer Armor Power Fist. Nine normal guys. Uh, seven of them have Chain Axes. Two of them have Power Fist. And they're also in an Anvilus. Then I have a third um, Reaver squad as troops. It's only a five-man of... The Chieftain has Artificer Armor Power Fist. The other four guys uh, all have Chain Axes, and one guy has a Melt-A-Gun, and they're in an Anvil's Claw. And then uh, for Elites, it's five Just Air and Terminators. Uh, three of them have Combi Meltas. Three of them have Lightning Claws, and two of them have Chain Fist. And then I have another squad of five Just Aaron, where it's three of them with Combi Weapons that are Combi Plasmas. And then three of them have lightning claws, and two of them have chain fists, and that's two thousand points. To get to twenty five hundred, you just add Horus because that's what he said he wanted to do. Was a twenty five hundred add Horus that gets him there. It's exactly five hundred points. Then to get to three thousand, he could add in a fire raptor or any flyer that he likes, and maybe some more reavers. So that's if he only wants to take reavers and just Aaron and Avadon and Horus and be like a true first company list. That would be super fluffy and super cool to paint them up, like all first company and all that jazz. Yeah. So my other idea, I'm not going to go through the whole list, but the other idea was essentially take Abaddon and Malagurst. Malagurst unlocks Reavers as troops and use Abaddon to unlock Orbital Assault. So you're going to do a true Orbital Assault list. And then for your two troop choices, take Reaver squads, basically identical to the ones that are in this list. Then take a... Uh, for elites, take a couple veterans, just normal veteran squads instead of reavers since they're cheaper. Do one sniper squad and one machine killer squad, and then still take your two five-man just Aaron squad, but also take a, a Charybdis and put one of them in a Charybdis. But that's a 2,500-point list, not a 2,000-point list. And then to go up to 3,000, he would add in Horus. So that's kind of his two options. So he can go with either one, but for his exactly what he was wanting originally, I think the second, the first list I went over in detail is probably the closest he's going to get. The only thing that's really not in there is jump packs, but it just deletes the list even further. I mean, if you because if you take any of those reavers out of their dread claws, you're down to two dread claws. And we just went over why you don't want two drop pods. So, 
it's just too it's too many things to try to cram in points wise because it's just all so expensive because it's all such elite stuff to stick to that theme. I think I think the first I mean I, he just kind of said that he would like jump troops and all that and all the deep strikers, but I think I think you kind of nailed it with the first list. Yeah. Oh, by the way, in the first list, the master of signal because you have to take him. Uh, he just goes in with the uh, five man reaver squad that comes in on turn two. Okay. With the melted gun, just because that's what that, the, he has room to go in there. And then what happens is, uh, with Abaddon in the list, he'll go with one or the other two just Aaron squads, and he just has the thing where he can re-roll mishaps when he deep strikes. Um, and then when you add Horus into the list, he would probably go with the other just Aaron squad where they auto come in turn two. Uh, and the other thing I like about this list, if you didn't want to necessarily deep strike the Terminators, you don't have to. You're not required to because it's not Orbital Assault. I mean, you're not really required in Orbital Assault either, I guess. But, anyway. I like that list, dude. I like that list a lot. I like how so. fluffy it is. I like how fun that would be to paint. And, like, how cool that would look on a table together, Right. Right. So he he wrote me back and he said he didn't really understand the um, loadout I gave him, but like I was just explained because of the way I play dread claws because I always play assault armies when I do dread claws I drop in and stay in the dread claw so I'm not getting out so any of those shooting weapons that I spent points on I'm not getting to shoot them because I'm hiding in the dread claw right. for the first turn I land yep. and then on turn two I get out and assault so. That's why I went with the assault upgrades. But you don't have to. If he likes the shooting better, he can. It's it's the points are there. Um, he also asked about if he did went the veteran route. What I thought about him basically painting the veterans as if they were reavers, just painting them the same black and red, and just say that they're reavers that are adapted from their you know normal use to fulfill a different role. I told him that I didn't think anybody would have a problem with that. No, I don't see anybody having any issues with that. So, I think we got one last one. Yeah, Manny, dude. So, let me see if I can find out where I put that. I just had it open. I just had it open. Oh, there it is. So, this last list is a militia list from the wastelands of Australia. So it said, G'day, Michael. I'm El Paco from the Aussie heresy scene. Greetings from the real Australian outback, Western <laughs> Australia. Or as Tim likes to call us, Wasteland Australia. I'll try and attach some pics to show you how wasteland it really is. And he did, and uh, it is very much Wasteland Australia. It, looks it like reminds a- me, to be honest, it looks a very much like, because I've driven through uh, the Gobi Desert, mm-hmm. you know, through like, you know, Nevada, like Nevada, Arizona, like that area out there, it very much looks like that. Just the size of the United States. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's like, yeah. Firstly, I love you guys. I've been listening since the beginning, so keep that shit up. I especially love Kevin Will's rants about the melted bombs. <laughs> so, there's one positive feedback. On we that. got a lot of that. Like, I can't tell you. Like, I was worried. We can talk about that when we get done with this list if you want, but... I was worried about the rant, like make like ruining the episode, like because it did go on way too long. It was like fifty some minutes. Like I said, I don't regret anything I said, but it should have been shorter. I wish I could have condensed that to like twenty minutes. So 
it didn't like drone on and get old. That being said, we got so many people that messaged me or emailed me or whatever about that. And it was like all positive. We didn't have one person bitch about it. <laughs> I have one of my friends that actually play here messaged me and said, man, that like, like that got dark in a hurry. I was like, he was like, that was pretty rough. That was like the most negative it got, but everybody else liked it. So <laughs> I like you're all worried. You're all, was it, are people mad at us? It's like, no, bro. Well, like, I just you gotta, didn't, you gotta keep I get carried away. I'm passionate. I'm passionate about the game. And I, I, you know, I'm not going to get into it again, but you know, we, me and you've talked about it since then. I, I just feel like it's a very negative change, uh, for the game, for the community, at least for 30 K. I can't speak to 40 K. Um, so I get passionate about it and that kind of crap, you know, just gets to me because I, I don't want to see the great game that heresy is like have anything negative injected into it. I gotcha. Um, so I got a little carried away. So in the future, uh, not, I'm going to stay, obviously stay passionate and you guys are going to get the real thing. Cause we even talked about maybe editing it out, doing whatever, but we were like, ask her it like we're real. You know what I mean? We don't edit shit out. I don't think we ever edit anything on the show. Have we ever edited anything other than just like piss breaks and like normal shit? No. Or man. like mess up? It's raw. Yeah. It's, y'all it's get raw. It raw. So, um, yeah. I mean, so we just like leave shit like that in. Now, that being said, I will try to get better and rein myself in. And hopefully, Michael will keep a little bug in his head where I start getting carried away. Will like give me a hand signal or the wrap it up. I'm the producer. Wrap it up. Shut up. <laughs> I'll start. I'll start playing music in the background, like the yeah, like just the like give, give me the hook. Yeah, just like shut up, get off the stage. So anyway, sorry. Finish reading his email. I just wanted to get that out there. <laughs> I'm gonna cue up some wrap up music real quick while we. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, he said, uh, "I wanted to get your guys' opinion on a list I've been dreaming up. 3K points for an event next June." Wow, I like that he's planning this far ahead. I am beginning a militia list using Death Corps of Kree gear because that shit looks tight, and my wife thinks they look cool. Even better, like it's like double, like double, double time gets it. Better than the blue spacemen that are my ultramarines. I want to say first up that I'm going mostly for rule of cool. You'll see some strange things, but I hope you get where I'm trying to go. First up is a stand-in force commander. Power weapon, digi-weapon, cyber-familiar, carapace armor, and higher halo. Muster of the worlds, warrior elite for plus one leadership, and survivors of the Dark Age. I'm sure Ryan, the strat guy, will know the ins and outs of all this, but survivors of the Dark Age gives me plus one of my armor save for my grenaders, and command platoon and also gives me the option to upgrade two advanced weapons for those same units, which is plus one strength to last rifles, last carbines, etc., and rotor cannons. Hold on just a second right there. Yeah. So already... Not that it's a huge expenditure of points, it's not, but uh, so just so he understands too, like he said, he bought carapace armor on his guy, knowing that it's going to go up by one from survivors, so it increases him to a three-up armor save. Right. Which is cool, but he's also paid points to give him an iron halo and a cyber familiar, which already gives him a three-up invulnerable. Yeah. So So you're never, ever going to use the armor save, so don't there's no reason to upgrade him to carapace. Like just leave him in the flak armor. Pro tip. <laughs> yeah. So it's only like five points or some shit. It's not or ten, maybe, whatever, but uh I mean you model him however you want, but just don't pay for the upgrade because you're like you're never gonna I mean it's the same save, but you're always gonna use the invulnerable. Like it, you know what I'm saying? 
Every so. time. Yeah, I get so. you. Okay. Uh, then I have a command platoon, commander with a Vox, and standard bearer. Also, five dudes with shotguns, because it gives me an excuse to use the sweet engineer models. Yes. For troops, I'm rocking three identical squads of 15-man grenaders, Sarge with close combat weapon, and a last pistol. Squads have two plasma guns, Vexilla. All squads are upgraded with advanced weapons and last rifles. So that's strength four, 30-inch rapid fire. Also, they have carapace armor, which gets upgraded to a three-plus from the Providence and plus-one leadership. Also so, for troops. So, so hang on real yep. quick. Good. Well, well, we'll go ahead and read the list, and then I'll talk about Providences. It, but go ahead. Also for troops in a fire support squad of five last cannon teams. Also another fire support squad of five twin-linked heavy boulder stubbers. Uh, I'm sorry, five twin-linked heavy stubber teams, because I want to use the awesome models. Then for elites, I have four ogrens with extra close combat weapons. I want to make these some custom models, like cyber-augmented superjack post-humans. I fucking hate the ogre models they have now, so any idea is welcome. Oh, dude, you should use the gorillas. Oh, what are they called? They're from... AT-43? Is it AT-43? No, it's They're not. like pre-painted ones? They're what? Are you talking pre-painted? No, they're... Um, I was going to use them for Ogrens when I played my Vietnam-era drop troops. Uh, basically, I, I, it's like... I think the, the game's called Zombie Side, I think. Or Regicide, or... No, I can't remember. I'll, I'll find it, and I'll, I'll send it to an email. Basically, you know, like in uh, Aliens, whenever she's in the giant mecha suit? Yep. Yeah, they're those, except they're like dudes in gas masks inside these giant mecha suits instead of... Uh, they're not super po- Jack post-humans, but... They're like guys in big suits? Yeah. Oh, or or there's the mad robot ogrins as well. Those guys are badass. Those just look like jacked humans. Those don't look like uh, ogrens. They look like legit buff-ass dudes that are like on 40-millimeter bases. I'll send you a picture hmm. right now. But anyway. Uh, back to the elites. Then a Medica team of five orderlies, one for each troop choice. Then an Ingesir adept with five servitors, all with server arms. I'm going to use Silax for these. Yeah, dude, Silax totally choice. Love those models so much. The ADEP has a refractor field, cyber familiar, augury scanner, nuncio vox, and graviton gun. I'm using one of the amazing female ADEPs from Wargame Exclusive. Okay, fair enough. Uh, for the fast attack, I've got a Thunderbolt fighter with ground tracking auguries. This is my anti-air, leaving the kinetic missiles on. For heavy, I got me an ordnance battery with two Medusa upgraded with breacher cells. Also, an extra few guys, an extra guys with six crew each. So, okay, so that's two Medusas and, like, 12 dudes for uh, for bubble wrapping. Then a Malkador heavy tank, armored ceramite, flare shield, auxiliary drive, auxiliary drive, last cannon sponsons, whole last cannon, pencil-mounted heavy stubber for looks, and siege armor. Love it. Uh, then a Lehman Rust squad of two Vanquishers, both with heavy bolter sponsons because no last, can- because no last cannon options, both with whole mounted last cannons and pencil heavy stubber for looks. Then to wrap it all off, I'm going to be using a Macarius Omega as a Lord of War, because who doesn't love giant plasma, and it's only 355 points. I would consider fortifications if you think I should trim something. I've attached a Battlescribe HTML file for points breakdown. Just add on the Omega. 
I currently have the Vanquishers and Malkador on order, so I'm sticking with them now. I hope this makes sense. I'm on the tail end of a nine-day roster of 12-hour shifts, because that's how we do. Hopefully you <laughs> gents can run your eyes over this and give me some feedback. Much love and appreciate the effort you do to keep us hard for heresy. Such a nice email. Yeah. So where'd you go with this list, Ryan? Okay, so just to give him some food for thought, and you wouldn't even have to really change any models, because um, I have a big Krieg army. You've seen it. Um, the way I'm going to re- run my Krieg guys, instead of Warrior Elite, because Warrior Elite gives him the plus one leadership, so it sounds like he's worried about leadership. I personally think the better way to go is the Kim, or they called Alchem Jackers. Michael's not listening to me. No, I'm listening. You said Alchem So if you go Alchem Jackers, uh, I got it here on my phone, but off the top of my head, whenever you would fail a morale check, instead of falling back, you just become pinned. So they're great at holding objectives because if you're already on an objective and they like shoot you with something or whatever, that would make you fall back and then count as, count as destroyed at the end of the game or not be on the objective for scoring it. You instead just become pinned, and when you're pinned, you're basically just gone to ground, so you're still scoring the objective and not falling back. So they, they have to like basically kill you to a man to clear you off. They can never make you break. Gotcha. And then I want to say... We'll just read it. And it's a lot cheaper than um, trying to get the, the plus one leadership. Yeah. So here, I got it right here. Milk door back. Uh, so all units in this providence suffer no negative modifiers to their leadership value in assault. So they're essentially stubborn in assault. So they're be hard to break in assault. Um, in addition, if they fail a morale check owning to casualties in the shooting phase, uh, they become pinned instead of falling back. So I really like that. So my idea was to take discipline masters as an HQ because they're already leadership uh, eight, I believe. And then they have a rule that they increase the leadership of any unit they're in by one, which would mean they go up to nine. So you can basically make your guys leadership nine, and then they're going to be leadership nine stubborn in assault. So as long as you can pass the leadership nine in assault with no modifiers, you're not ever running. And then if you ever fail a morale check from shooting, you just become pinned instead. Yeah, that makes sense. And that's cheaper than the... Uh, Warrior Elite. And it makes sense for... Uh, Creed for guys. Creed guys, yeah. Yeah, because of their, the way their war gear looks. So I actually like the Alchem Jackers uh, better personally than the uh, Warrior Elite. And it's, like I said, it's not something you really have to go, you know, out of your way to, you know, change the look of your army or whatever. It's just a, a swap, like a, a passive swap, I guess. Um, we went over the Lord Commander guy, like how to you know save five, ten points, whatever that upgrade costs. Um, the support teams and all that look good. The way he's got his Grenadiers looks pretty good. Um, you might consider running one plasma gun per squad just to have some type of answer for like a dreadnought if it gets close. But maybe run like two of the squads with plasma and then one of the squads with Melta or something as more of a like dreadnought drop potting to turret or at least something where you can hope and pray that you get that lucky shot on a Leviathan. <laughs> um, 
the engine seer with all the servo arms and whatever, like that's just a cool looking unit. And like, he'll have the one graviton gun in there. Um, he, those, uh, war game exclusive models he's talking about are really awesome. The other thing he could do for Ogren's war games exclusive makes uh alternate cataphron servitors that are like legged. Like a, they're basically a big, like battle looking servitor with like a gun arm. Do you know what I'm talking about? Uh, I know which ones you're talking about from war games exclusive. Uh, I'm actually I'm sending you right now. I said it was a uh, the gorilla, but it's actually yeah. the incursion ape, uh, incursion ape, and I didn't realize that this dude actually they came with gas mask faces, and so dude they like I can only imagine how good these would look with like uh, with death corpse. I just I sent you the Jovian hammers from Mad Robot. Because those look more like abhuman jack dudes, but I just sent you the APE, which are like that mecha suit I was talking about. Yeah, and those guys are a little bit bigger than uh, cataphracti terminators. Oh, so I see the Jovian hammer guys. They look pretty cool. And those dudes are big. Those dudes are are massive. They're not ogre, not fully ogre size, but they're like. Are you sending me the other ones that you're talking about? I just sent it to you just now. Okay, I haven't got it yet, so. And that's from that's the incursion APE, and I, I totally I totally forgot oh. they had gas mask heads. Yeah, I use those. Those look red. Don't those look legit? Those are cool. I like those a lot. So those would be like perfect standing ogrens because like it's it's basically like a a death corp guy inside it's of a, a mecha it's suit. A, it's a it's a imperial guard centurion from like if you think of the centurions from forty yeah. k, uh, it's basically an imperial guard version of that that doesn't look as goofy. And that seems like so. it'd go like really well with like Death Corp, dude. Right. So, so, yeah, very cool. Um, the Thunderbolt is awesome. It's uh, it's one of my favorite flyers, so definitely stick with that. I love the Ordnance Battery with the uh, Medusa Breacher Shell upgrade. They're totally freaking awesome. Um, the Malkador. Last game and hole. If you can find the points, I would upgrade that whole gun to a demolisher cannon. Um, I think that's the, or is that the whole last cannon sponsor's whole last cannon? So it's a Malkador. Yeah. So he's got it's a battle cannon. So he's got it right now. Battle cannon, last cannon sponsor's last cannon on the hole with a heavy stubber on top. If you can swap that whole last cannon. For the demolisher cannon, that would be awesome. Which you should have enough points to do that uh, if you swap over to the the Kim inhalers and you know cut that the carapace armor off your one guy and you know make a few other little changes. Um, the Lehman Rust Vanquishers, I love Vanquishers. The only thing I don't like on yours are the heavy bolter sponsons. I'm not a fan. Um, you're going to always be shooting those at armor, so you'll never get a chance to really use those heavy bolters. Like, I don't know why you would ever waste shooting these things at infantry with yeah. a strength at AP2 armor bane round. Um, Kaboosh. <laughs> so, because he's already got whole last cannon on him, and he got the penal stubber for looks, so you could say, like, that's already your anti-infantry. So I would get rid of the uh, heavy bolt responses. It'll save you some points. Um, the Omicarius Omegon is pretty brutal. Have you ever looked at the rules for that thing, Michael? Uh. 
No, I haven't looked at it. I mean, looking at the model, I can kind of feel like is it a lot like the Stormblade? It's a it's a little bit. Well, it's so here's the rule: so that you can fire it in two modes, just like the Stormblade. Right. But the lesser mode on this one, if you want to call it lesser, is Strength Seven AP Two Large Blast Three Shots. Fuck. And it's primary weapon, so I want to say primary weapon rule is you get to re-roll all failed rolls to wound or some shit. Or maybe it's failed rolls for armor pin. It's failed rolls for armor pin. Okay, so that's going to kill light armor and infantry like crazy. Um, Or you can fire it as a single big shot that's strength 9 AP2 7-inch blast. <laughs> and it's like 355 points. Solid. That's a solid right. fucking unit. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's very good. I definitely like he said. That's a, that and it's it's pretty cool looking. It looks like a tank destroyer and it's open top where you can see inside the little crew. It's pretty badass. Looking. Yeah, I was thinking about like how you could have like Death Corp all over it. You know, like take the take the crew models from the uh, from the artillery artillery kit and like throw them inside there. Like you know, you would a basilisk or something. Yeah, I did that with a. Uh, I got a. The Salamander model from Forge World, which is basically an open-topped Chimera. Yep, I remember that. I built a command Salamander that I have a officer standing in, the guy that has like his hand on the hilt of a sword, like standing with his uh, hands on his hips. Yeah. And then I have a banner guy, like standing, like holding the banner up in the back of it. And then I put like a radio guy kneeling down, like playing with the little control panel in it. It looks pretty rad. He could do something similar to that Omega. I think I showed you that command Salamander when you were here. Yeah, I remember it. Yeah. So, anyway, I love the list. I didn't really want to change anything because he sounds like he's pretty dead set on, you know, what he likes look-wise. Like, a lot of it, like you said, it's rule of cool. So, all of his units, I mean, make, you know, pretty good sense for what he's trying to do looks-wise. So, if he can find... I like these models that you sent me. These uh, these suits, I think he'll like those. He should check those out. And then I would just make those little tweaks to, you know, war gear. If it was me. Um... And just the little things that we talked about. What's the plan for the Ogrens? Um, I don't know. I mean, because he's not really running them in anything. Yeah. Uh, really, the only thing you can do, like, if you want to transport for Ogrens in a militia army, honestly, the only thing you can really do is uh, use your Lord of War slot on uh, a uh, a Crassus armored transport Blech. or a Stormlord. Or a was it a Bane Hammer, which is like a it only it just has like a strength eight gun and it's open top and it's cheaper than a Stormlord. It's like yeah. three hundred and some points. So if he absolutely wanted to transport for them, he he would have to swap that Omega out for the cheapy Bane Blade tank. I think it's called the Bane Hammer, Bane something. It's the cheapest. It's the cheapest one. It's got like a a strength eight AP two small blast gun on it and it holds like twenty guys. I can't remember the name of it off the top of my head. You could find it easy. So I'm guessing they're just going to stay hang back and protect the uh, the Medusa battery. Yeah, you could do that. Or just you know run them forward on foot, play midfield, whatever. Just try to be a pain in the ass. Um, I noticed the other thing you could... It's more points, but if you wanted to make them shooty, that's actually fairly effective. The way I use mine... Instead of buying them close combat weapons, because they're pretty decent in close combat just on their own because there's so many attacks and high strength. Right. You can buy them heavy bolters. 
and the heavy bolters become assault on an ogren. So they they have their range but become assault. So your each guy is going to be three strength five AP four shots at range eighteen. But for twenty points, you can buy the thing where your um, your HQ guy gets to select his warlord trait. So you can select Merchant Princeling, which is uh, any unit he's attached to lowers the AP of all their shooting weapons by one. So you could put him then with the Ogrens, and all those Ogrens heavy bolters would become AP3. That'd be sick. That's how I'm doing it. My What's their blitz skill? What's Ogrens blitz skill? It's only two. So you're only hitting on fives, but you're, you know, you have every guy shoots three shots. It's still a lot of shots. And he's taking four Ogrens, so that'd yep. be, yeah. Twelve shots. Yeah, a strength five AP three. Brutal. That'd be brutal. And they're gonna fight. They're just gonna be one less attack in close combat. Other than that, they're gonna be the same. Um, he's did he put? He didn't put. See, that's the other thing because ogrens can buy carapace armor. If you buy carapace armor for them because they're survivors of the dark age, they end up going up to power armor. So I feel like carapace armor is like another like must take. I guess what I'm saying is if you're going to put these ogrens in, you probably want at least a five six man squad, and you probably want to invest a few more points into them because they're going to get chewed up. Yeah, if you put the carapace armor on them, they end up going to three up because of survivors. So then you have, you know, three wound models and power armor at tough five, which is pretty brutal. And then you can, I don't know, like I feel like that. That's a little better. Because if you don't put carapace armor on them, basically for 25 points, I think is what carapace armor costs. Uh, I could be wrong on that. I got it right here. Because they start with a 5-up armor save, and normally you're buying it to increase it to 4-up because he has survivors already. It jumps to a 3-up. So he's going to jump from a 5-up to a 3-up with one upgrade, which seems like you would want to do that. And those incursion APEs look like they have a 3-up save. Right, the ones that you sent him, yeah. So, let's see. Ogrens. Ogrens. So, yeah, Carapace Armor is 25 points for the entire unit. And he's going to go from a 5-up save to a 3-up save for 25 points for every model. 25 points for every model? Yeah. Not per guy, for the oh, whole unit. Okay. Oh, yeah. You're good. Do it. So drop one of those six extra crew. You could do that. You could make one of the grenadier squads smaller. Um, you could. Oh, I know what I was going to say. This was another thing I wanted to bring up. Flare shields on Malkadors. He may not know this because he maybe he's never seen a Malkador because he doesn't sound like he has his model yet. The front facing on a Malkador is like three and a half inches wide. Yep. And then it's like 11 inches long. Yep. So it's literally like all side arc. So I feel I've not played with mine yet because I have two, and my buddy Scott is building his Solar Ox army. But me and him have been having this discussion, and we feel like on paper the flare shield may not be worth it on Malkadors solely because it's so easy to get side arc. They have like the biggest side arc of any vehicle that I've ever seen. You just gotta lean to the left to get side arc, like. Mm. Right. They're essentially like a sheet of notebook paper on end like this. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Fold a sheet of notebook paper in half and like that's that's it. Yeah. So they're 
it, so I don't. So you could maybe save points by getting rid of that uh, flare shield. I don't know how much help you'll get from it. You might play a few games with it on there and just be like, ah, well, uh, this has never been effective. No one's ever had to deal with it because they always just shoot me in the side and get rid of it. But I don't know. I would never so, shoot a Malkador in the front. Like, like giving the option. Like if I knew it was flare shielded, every time I play, just like a Spartan, you know, you know. Don't even bother trying to hit it in the front. Just hit it on the side. And the Malkador has such a long side that, like, you're all like it, it just doesn't make sense. Like, right. So, so he could maybe save some points by getting rid of that flare shield, getting rid of the uh, heavy bolters on the Lehman Russes, um, maybe dropping a few extra crew from the Medusa batteries. Uh, Maybe, <laughs> like I said, drop down one of the Grenadier squads. You could even drop one whole Lehman Russ. Well, he said he already had them on the way, so he's set on them, right? Is that what he said? I currently have the Vanquishers and Malkador on order, so I'm sticking with them. Okay. I was going to say you could maybe just drop one Lehman Russ and just go down to one uh, to get some more points to run some more Ogres. But I'm with you. That's the only thing that kind of sticks out like a sore thumb is they don't really feel like he's got a plan for them. Everything else in the list makes sense like the the engineer squad some people would say that doesn't make sense but he could camp that near the omegon and keep throwing whole points back on it with the yep. repair roll so that makes sense um so yeah um just try to figure out something with the ogrens with the ideas that we gave you maybe get that armor save up you could steal my uh heavy bolter idea uh that would that would be cool uh different stuff like that there's a whole bunch of armor bay in this list Two Vanquishers, two Medusas with Breachers. Yep. It's not a whole bunch, but some. Yeah. The Thunderbolt's anti-air. Yeah. Well, it's got kinetic piercers. They have armor rain. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. But he's going to use that for anti-air. I dig it, man. I like this armor. Yep. I do, too. I think it's cool. And thanks for the pictures. They're really neat. That that uh, loader brings back memories of when I used to work excavating. <laughs> when you were practicing for... Well, that's a wheel loader. I was driving a... Tr the track loader is what uh, drives like a battle mech. A wheel loader operates totally different. This has a steering wheel and a gas and brake pedal like a car. Yeah. No, I was just saying. When you're construction. Like... Yeah, yeah. I ran all that shit. I, can, I can't do any of it good. Don't mind you that, but I can drive like excavators, bulldozers, backhoes, bobcats, track loaders, normal loaders. I used to run all that shit. Well, I just want to know what he's doing with that loader out there in. Oh, there's one of those pictures is a big strip pit, a big mine. I don't know what they're mining. Could be. I don't know. What are they mining in Australia? Gold. Copper? Gold? Is that what it is? I'm just playing. I don't know. Oh. Lithium. Lithium, I guess. I don't know. Could be silver. I don't know. Some type of precious mineral that's worth digging a giant hole in the ground for. Uh, I love it. I'm sure we'll find out. Yeah. I'm sure these pictures will get taken off the internet. Because some government... Anyway. So that's it. Like, that's all we got for list. I guess now that's we a can, lot. Now we go over There's a to, lot of stuff. Yeah, man. Seven, right? Six. Six. Well, and then all the questions on the thing. Like I said, most correspondence we've ever had. 
We got more. We got more that we couldn't go over because we got them too late. They missed the cutoff, but we'll do them next week. Keep them coming, guys. Use our use our voicemail. We love it. But right now, we're going to go to a musical break. I'll find some chill-ass music for y'all. Listen to you for a little bit. Just take a break. Let your ears kind of settle back out. Slayer, then... Angel of Death. <laughs> do you want me to put that on there? I'll put it <laughs> It opens up with that scream. It's like 20 octaves above what a human throat should do. (laughs) And we will jump into a bat rep for you guys. So see you guys on the other side of this musical break. Y'all have a good one. guys welcome back now to the sweet battle report we were talking about uh we have ryan on the line another ryan in addition to the ryan that y'all are normally here all the time uh ryan has a bat rep for us and it was a 2500 point game uh ryan was playing mechanicum versus questorus knights with a little bit of space wolf in there uh so so ryan man Tell tell us tell us about your tell us about your Mechanicum. You said Tagmata, right? You playing Tagmata? Yeah, uh, I play Mechanicum Tagmata. Although I might, I'll probably switch that over to uh, Cybernetica here shortly. Is that a but, result uh, of this game? Like, did you yeah, like, basically, uh, basically, what happened was before Nova, my original Mechanicum list, I didn't have enough Castle Axe. I 
got a bunch and built a bunch for Nova, um, and it hadn't really occurred to me to run Cybernetica. Uh, and definitely this game and a couple others recently uh, have kind of convinced me to change that over. So, Well, I get it, man. I mean, it's yeah. uh, Questors changed your life. Playing a Questors list changed your whole life. <laughs> like, yeah, you know, yeah, absolutely. You, so why don't you... Uh, why don't you tell us about your list, man? Why don't you kind of tell us what you what you were running? Yeah, sure. So the core of my list, uh, I've run an Archmagus Prime. This is this is like the Ryan Kimmel special. He talked about it, uh, I don't know, on one of your earlier podcasts. But it is an Archmagus Prime Ordinator uh, with the Jetpack, Gen uh, Skane, Cyber Familiar, Mastercrafted Photon Thruster, oh, nice. uh, a couple, yeah, Augury Scanner, a couple other. Um, it's a war gear on there. Gives you the uh, range, the ranged armor bane. It's like exactly. shooting melt bombs at someone. Yep. <laughs> poop, poop, poop. Uh, it's pretty, pretty beastly. Um, I ended up, and just as a, I guess, an aside, for this list, when I retooled the list based off of what he had, I had like a hundred extra points. So some of the stuff in my army, it's not, it's not my optimal army because uh, I ended up throwing a knight in there to make up some of the, some of the whole points. But this is. Okay. Generally, how I run it. Um, I also run a Magos Dominus, who uh, runs on an abeyant. Um, he's got some stuff: Cyber Familiar, Mastercrafted Servo Arm, uh, Rad Cleanser. He runs with two Domitars uh, that just have frag grenades. Um, then I have two units of three th- uh, Castellax, which are stock. They're both the same. So there's two Flamers in each, and there's frag grenades in each. And then I run. Two different units of Thalax, three Thalax. One has Photon Thruster, Heavy Chain Blades, melt bombs I run them with Destructor, and that is what the uh, Ordinator Archmagos, that's who he, he hangs out with. Got another set of three Thalax, which are Multi-Melta, two Heavy Chain Blades, melt bombs and Destructor as well. And then three Vorax uh, with Frag Grenades and Biocorrosive Ammo, which uh, put in reserve. Okay. Okay. So that is my list. Oh, and a knight errant uh, with um, blessed auto some auto simulacra. So he has it will not die. I had a feeling. Okay. Like, did you like, did you upgrade? Uh, oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Like uh, that's good. Good, right? Yeah, you're good. Well, I was gonna say, did you upgrade the chest gun to a melt gun or put a carapace weapon on him, or is he just the standard? No, gun? he's he's the one I've had for years before they came out with the uh, other stuff. So he's stock standard. Okay. Okay. And that was just, I don't usually run him, but when he pulled out the Christoris Knights, originally I was going to run three Knights, then it went up to four. I said, well, I'll throw a Knight in here as well just to offset this a little bit. So Makes sense. Yep. And then I'll run through uh, Dan's list really quick. He's the guy I was playing. Um, he's actually, he wrote in a while ago about the Stormbird, so he had asked y'all's advice on Stormbird, and you had I think he talked about it two or three episodes ago. Um so he normally plays Alpha Legion, but today he was playing uh, Questorus Knights. So he had four knights on the table. He had a Warden that was his Seneschal. He had a Castigator, which was a Preceptor, uh, which I think gives Overwatch something within six inches yep. uh, for other knights. He had a Paladin as a Marshal, and then a Crusader Arbalester, uh, which I can't remember what those do. Um, so what then, were his troop ones? So the, that, yeah, I think it was just the Paladin Marshal. So looking back at it, I think he probably should have run another troop. Because yep. 
that was his primary detachment. Um, right. So I will make sure to hem him up on that next time. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if it would have made a difference. It actually helped me out because he only ended up having uh, two scoring units in this whole his whole army, the yep. way he ran it. But uh, his ally detachment, he just ran him as stock legion, but they're his space wolves. He's got like 7K of space wolves he's building up. Um, he had a chaplain in there with some war gear, an apothecary, uh, which ran with a 20-man tactical squad. They were all on foot. Then he had a Leviathan and a Dreadnought Drop Pod um, running the Auto Cannons, Phosphex Dischargers, and then um, two Heavy Flamers, which ended up being the bane of my existence for most of the game. So he ran Auto Cannons in both hands, Death Blossom style? Or? No, I'm sorry. He had. Uh, he also had the... Uh, yeah, he had a like a space wolf axe on there, but I think he was running that as the uh, Sn- the one that has a severing cut, the snipping claw, okay. snippy yeah, claw, snip- claw. yeah, snippy claw. It was a snippy axe. <laughs> Damn, I gotta, I gotta yeah. see that conversion now. Tell us, yeah, there's, to... yeah, I'll, uh, I sent pictures to Ryan. Uh, yeah, I'll forward I, you the yeah. email, Michael. Yep. Okay, that'll work. Uh, so that was the two armies, and then um, basically we ran out, roll up uh, Dawn of War deployment. Uh, the mission was War of Lies, and I ended up uh, getting to deploy first, and I he was not able not able to seize the initiative. Um, so you want me to just roll into first round? Yeah, let's knock it out. Definitely. Okay. Who had so uh, I ended up having first turn, and um, just to you know, we had the long table edges, so I I pretty much deployed across the entire table with the knight. In my ordinator um, Magos on my left flank. Then I had the Domitar and some Thalax on the right flank. And the uh, my two units of Castellax ended up taking up the center flank. Or the center of the board. And then he had his knights arrayed. He basically kept his Space Wolves off on my right side. Uh, they were just kind of walking through terrain, walking towards an objective. And then obviously the knights were the main the main part of the battle. So he was not able to seize. Um, I was pretty aggressive in my movements uh, initially. And so I move, ended up moving my knight errant up about 12 inches so that I could get good line of sight on one of his knights. Uh, and I was just trying to create angles. Playing his knights before, uh, the angles are really what kills you with those ion shields. Yep. Um, so... Yeah, I mean, I just basically had to make him make him make choices on what he wanted to protect. So I was able to get my multi-melta from a Thalax unit in range of one knight, as well as my uh, melta cannon from the uh, knight errant, and then also my photon thrusters on the Magos and the, uh, um, the Thalax. So between those three units shooting, I was actually able to drop uh, his... It would have been his... Uh, Crusader, I dropped that in the first round of shooting. Uh, so I felt pretty good um, taking out a knight before he had a move. That Yeah, of course you'd feel good. Like that's yeah. The, the Crusader's the shooty one, so what arms did he have on it? Because it's the dual shooting, right? Yeah, he had the uh, Gatling cannon, like the Avenger yep. cannon, and the uh, Battle cannon. Okay. If I remember correctly. So that one dropped before it could shoot. Um, it blew up, didn't do anything. Um, 
moving in, and then I did some jetpack moves, some a little bit of shenanigans, getting my thalax back into cover and everything. Um, his drop pod on turn, his turn one, drops in on my left flank, um, right in front of my arch magos, and uh, right behind my knight. So that thing pretty much wrecked my world. Uh, I've never played against a Leviathan and a drop pod before. They're still kind of new out here. Uh, so that made it very interesting. Um, and basically, he was able to assault my knight uh, with another knight. Because I had moved so aggressively on the left flank, I put it into a decent assault range for his other knight. So he had to make like a 10-inch uh, assault, which he did make. Uh, so my knight was in combat with another knight on the bottom of round one or turn one. Um, his Leviathan was able to kill a Thalax and put a wound on every other model in my Thalax, including my Arch Magos. Um, when his drop pod had dropped in, I opted to interceptor fire with my Thalax and the Arch Magos. And unfortunately, I was only able to do uh, two whole points to his Dreadnought drop pod. So that thing was sitting in his pod. You know um, you can shoot the Dreadnought inside of the pod, right? So... We kind of we we talked about it, and I didn't know that. I assumed it could that could be the case. Um, and in retrospect, after we talked about it, like I definitely would have done that. Um, right. My reason my reasoning was as it's coming down, you're you're doing the interceptor fire. But then after I read the interceptor rule, like halfway through the game, it just says something that arrives in res like from reserves or deep strike or whatever. Right, and the and yeah. whatever's in the drop pod counts as arriving as deep strike as well exactly and, and then in the they updated the dreadnought drop pod rules in the latest red book and um specifically say you can shoot the dreadnought inside of the drop pod so yeah it, next time i do this i will do that because uh <laughs> that that ended up being a major issue the and another thing we tried to figure out is when that dreadnought starts to shoot you know he he comes in on turn one what is the facing of the dreadnought like if no, chooses... no, no one knows. You didn't do exactly. anything incorrectly because the, the way the rules are written are not clear at all. Yeah. The way I understand it, to me, because he's embarked in a vehicle, you would just draw from any part of the hole because you're shooting from the, an open-top vehicle. Yeah. So I think we, we just kind of had a gentleman's agreement um, that, hey, we'd be shooting. I'd be shooting at side armor, basically, um, because he was embarked in that vehicle, and we figured it out later. Um if I was going to shoot at him inside that drop, uh, drop pod. Right. But, uh, yeah, so moving on, the the knights in that round of combat, uh, he did three whole points to one of my knights. I got one on his. Um, so I think at that point, my knight, because he had done some whole points shooting, my knight had two whole points left. His knight had one. He had killed um, a Thalax. Uh, so that's moving into turn two. Um, I had a unit of three Castellax, which were close enough to kind of provide some support to my Arch Magos and his Thalax that were right next to the Leviathan. So I start to move them forward towards the drop pod. I'm trying to, um, you know, bust the bust him out of his drop pod so I can get some more shooting on him. Um, so my Castellax, they just have Mauler bolt cannons. They're shooting the drop pod, looking for a glance. 
I couldn't glance with the nine shots I had. So <laughs> just need one hall point too, right? I just needed one hall point because it already had taken <laughs> God, two. That's the worst, man. <laughs> um, they end up later in the assault phase. They end up assaulting the drop pod and can't glance it at all either. Um, so, did you not opt to smash? Did you just try to? No, I was. I ended up smashing. So these Castellacs, because they just they just have the uh, shock or the the stock standard. Right, they're um, only strength six, right? Yeah, so they were doing smash attacks the whole game, uh, really to little to no effect. Those Castellacs really did nothing for me. Um, <laughs> They're so new to Yeah, in that same... So in turn two, I made that assault. Uh, really didn't have a lot of lot of effect on the board at that point. Um, because my Arch Magos, like my really shooty Arch Magos, had intercepted, I basically just ran with them and got them as far away from the Leviathan as possible into some cover. Um, so his... Turn two, he guns down a castle axe that had assaulted the um, drop pod. He ends up assaulting the two castle axe. Um, I think he kills one more in the assault. Um, his knight warden uh, killed one of my thalax, which was the multi multi thalax. And then um, his castigator, this was kind of a my bad thing. When I moved my domitars forward, um, I left them out in the open, not realizing the castigator's shots were AP3. Mm. Um, yep. So it's been a little while since I've played against it, and uh, I definitely could have run them into cover. They were close enough to get into cover, but I wanted to get them into the fight sooner. So anyway, a whole a Domitar just dropped from cast, uh, castigator shooting off the bat. Um, and actually, I believe that was that had... Uh, in his first turn, he shot down a Domitar, and then he shot down the other Domitar in his second turn. Um, so the Leviathan charges uh, into Castellax, one unit of Castellax. Uh, his Knight Warden charges the other unit of Castellax. This is still in turn two. So now both of my Castellax units are tied up in combat. My Domitars are dead. Um, my Knight is still swinging. Um, but not for long. So at this point, my Castlax are just smash attacking um, against knights and leviathans, which doesn't work too well. <laughs> um, so the leviathan did another wound in combat. The warden stomped out um, his Castlax, and he actually uh, threw one of them with his... He had that uh, the gauntlet on the knight. The thunder, thunder Strike gauntlet? Yeah, so he was able to throw one of the Castlacks. He threw it at my Arch Magus, um, but it didn't do anything. Um, and then the Leviathan and the cat, the other unit of Castlacks stay locked in combat. Uh, turn three, my Vorax finally show up, and I was very much hoping they would show up on the side uh, where the Space Wolves were, because they were about to, they were holding an objective, and that's really the only place I thought the Vorax would do any good. And of course, they rolled on the table edge with the leviathan and nothing else um so that didn't do me much good i was able the vorax were able to shoot the dreadnought drop pod i couldn't shoot the leviathan because it was locked in combat with my castle axe um so the drop pod went away um everything else i had left so i still had a multi-melta i still had a lightning gun um i still had a photon thrusters um all of my thalax shooting went towards the warden, his which was his HQ. Yep. Um, and I was able to bring that thing down 
um, to two hole points with all my shooting. So I, I had a pretty successful shooting attack, but I was running out of things to actually shoot. Um, in that turn, the Leviathan ends up killing my last Castellax. Um, uh, I'm looking at notes here. It, the oh, you know, we were doing D weapon attacks, and apparently we were doing it wrong. Uh, we didn't realize that 30k had a different D weapon table. Oh, you it's uh, optional. You can use either. Yeah. One. So we were playing like half the game that way um, with the the 40k D weapon, and then somebody you know, um, somebody sitting on the sidelines said, "Hey, why aren't you doing it this way?" So we made a little that, bit that of adjustment. That 30k version is like pretty fucking powerful compared to the 40k version though well the 40k one is it's it depends on what you're hitting it with i actually prefer the 30k version i think it's more sensible yeah um the 40k one is just like can i roll a six oh i can well you're removed there's really no yeah you know yeah um so anyway in this uh turn three my knight and his knight which were locked in combat on the left side um they mutually kill each other in their last round of attacking, so we, we deal our final hole points. They blow up and don't do anything, so my knight's gone at that point. Um, and then he has his warden and his castigator. Uh, basically, they kill the last of the Castellax. They kill my Thalax on my right flank, so now I have no troops over there. They kill my lone uh, Magos Dominus that was just kind of hanging out without any Domitars. Uh, so now at this point, and this is going into turn four, I've got three Vorax on the board, a Thalax, and an Archmagos. So it's looking very grim. Um, turn four, because the Vorax were on that side of the board and I needed to distract the Leviathan that was looking at my, um, my last two dudes, uh, my Vorax end up assaulting. I have no... I obviously think the Vorax aren't going to really be able to do much. He actually killed one in Overwatch. Because um, they're only AP, or they're only, they're armor. only armor 4, and they don't have a Invuln, they don't have Feel No Pain. Yeah. So he and kills he's got one the heavy flamers. Yeah. yeah, the flamers chew through, and his cannon chews through um, pretty good. So I have two Vorax that end up smash attacking. They don't really do anything. In fact, they do nothing because that Leviathan didn't take a single hole point. Um... <laughs> Dang. So that was the round. Um, I have at this point, I have one Thalax with the Thoton Thruster, and I have my Arch Magos, and we're at, in turn four. Um, I am able to move them in a way where he's got two knights that are like between 20 and 30 inches away. Um, they can't see those two dudes, so they weren't shot at that turn, and the Vorax kept the Leviathan tied up long enough. Where the Leviathan couldn't go after him, so his fourth round, he didn't. Re- he just moved his knights uh, towards my last two dudes, and so we're at the top of five. And I, I'm like, you know, within twelve inches of my Archmagos, there's a Leviathan, a Castigator, and a Knight Warden, all kind of just in a bubble around me. Um, so, you know, I was a bit despondent. I decided, hey, I'm gonna try to shoot the gap. And I assault the Night Warden, which was in the center of the board. 
because it's only got two hole points left, and I was going to try a little slingshot maneuver to see if uh, my assault could kill a warden, and then I can get some uh, consolidation move away. Yep. Um, I actually do successfully kill the warden. Um, so the Arch Magos, all of his attacks are armor bane. So with that, I, uh, he's hidden with his power axe, which is armor bane, and then the one thalax is hidden with the melta bomb. Um, I'm able to take out the last two hull points, but it's all at initiative one, and the warden swings back and just stomps those dudes. So I got tabled mm-hmm. at the top of five in my assault. And uh, so he got he rolled a six on a stomp and removed him. Actually, it wasn't even the stomp; it was his attacks at initiative one because he still oh. had his, his three base attacks because he had the gauntlet on him or whatever. Yeah. Yep. yep. Okay. Um, so that was it, man. I assaulted at the top of five and got my guys killed. Uh, that was the game. Real mm. down and dirty. Well, you got you could kill what three of the four knights. You didn't yeah, do I, much. Yep. Yeah. So, I mean, it, did the other one have any hole points on it? Uh, it had four hole points from uh, remaining. So the Casticator still had four hole points. Okay. And Leviathan still had all his hole points. So, um. Yeah, it was still a fun game. It was very brutal. Uh, learned a lot of lessons, and not, there were some tactical things that I did in that game that kind of screwed me. Uh, mostly, probably my domitars being out in the open and getting shot down. Yeah, that was that was a. They could have accounted easily for one night if they had a good round. Um, right, yeah, for sure. Yeah. So. Yeah, and you might even consider keeping those guys. I don't know. Uh, it's hard to maybe you did because it's just hard to you know without actually seeing it because they're in your in that particular army because most of your army seems pretty shooty and because those guys just have to walk forward I think of Domitar more as like a counter charge unit so yes. you you may consider you know camping them around because people want to try to assault that Arch Magos or get close to him to get rid of him because he's such a devastating like shooting guy so you might consider like keeping those roughly around your arch magos just as like a counter charge unit. Yeah. Yeah. I, like you get, I thought about that like, afterwards. Definitely. Yeah. You get like two good turn, like one or two good turns out of shooting with the arc magos before people realize how big of a threat he is. So yeah. And then they just throw how, everything at him. How many games have you used that guy in that particular loadout? Uh, for the arch magos, uh, yeah. I built him right before Nova. Yep. Um, as that was one of my last models to build before Nova, so I built and painted him in a night, and I I've played him um, in two different events at Nova for a total of like six games, and then a couple others. So, what do you think about him? Um, he's high costed, but damn, is he a beast! Like in in a photon thruster unit, um, he's pretty good. And then even you know he's he gets the ordnance bombardment, which I didn't have an opportunity to use in this game. Right, but he gets D three ordnance shots, or uh, they're not ordnance. Yeah, they are, um, but they're you know direct line of fight, strength strength eight AP three, but they're all armor bane as well. So right, right. Um, it, it just gives you a lot of flexibility, and having him on a jetpack and doing jetpack shenanigans with Thalax uh, makes him pretty survivable. Yeah. Yep. My buddy Nick runs the uh, place here. He runs something similar. He reuses him as just an ally HQ. He takes takes him, 
and then like a unit of Thalax's troops to go with him, and then like a uh, what's the crazy tank that shoots the the four ordnance shots? The Creos Venator. Creos, yeah. Yep, and then he takes one of those, and that's like his allied detachment for anti-tank. Yeah. So, so. no, he does very well. Um, you know, and the fact that his shooting, I mean, they, he did well taking out hull points. He was stripping his unit was stripping out uh, several hull points off of knights. Um, every round of combat or every round and, of shooting. So, and you put him with the unit that has tank hunter, which confers to him, right? Is that what you're doing with him? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Figure. So he's got yeah. tank hunter, and then all of his attacks are also armor bane. So, right. Pretty baller. <laughs> awesome. Brutal. I'm guessing that was your MVP of the game. Uh. Yeah. Yeah. Most likely. Um. Sounds, I mean, he he like did it. solid. Yeah. Um. He just there's not enough of them. So. That's the only downside with that loadout is you've got that photon thruster shot, which you know is going to do some good point shooting, but you also have the ordinatus shot. So, right. you know, I've been in several games uh, that I've played with him where I never got a chance to use the um, bombardment because there were higher priority things to shoot at. Um, but still, yeah, great. Sounds player. like a good problem to have. <laughs> oh, no, yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> No, I, I feel you. Um, it's one of those things like you usually drop the bombardment, you know, to kill troops or whatever. That's the nice thing is like you try to use him to shoot vehicles and stuff. But if they run out of vehicles or whatever, you can always just dump it on a big, you know, cluster of guys. Or if they have a, like a bunch of vehicles in a parking lot or something early in the game, you can yep. get a lot of them at once. Absolutely. What do you feel? What do you feel that you uh, pulled from that game, dude? What, what is one lesson if you could? part it to the rest of the world man what would you say um hmm. for me personally it's it's all about figuring out how to use the domitors um because they were pretty much a wasted resource but you know for playing against a night heavy army um create angles where you can and hope that you have enough anti-tank to to take them down i mean that's really what it came down to um, and actually, if it wasn't for that Leviathan dropping in my back line, I, I, I think I would have killed all the knights, and I think it would have been a different game. But that thing, as soon as it was down on turn one, uh, it pretty much, a whole flank, a whole table edge was focused on not being killed by it. So, <laughs> Yep. Pretty good. Yeah. Man. So, <laughs> here to here, guys. Leviathan <laughs> coming in your backfield because it'll suck, especially now with no melt bombs, with no yep. melt bomb support. <laughs> yep. Well, badass Ryan, man, I appreciate you sharing your bat rep with us, dude. Uh, we'll definitely get that on the the next episode here. You right. Anything else you want to add before before we let you go, or is that gonna be it? Uh, no. I mean, if you had any questions about the Dark Angels army, um, happy to answer them. But otherwise, just appreciate the opportunity i think the auction will be over by the time this airs but i just want to thank you again for painting that up and just being oh, no a cool problem. guy and putting that out there so yeah i had a, a lot of help from the freebooters um a lot of people donated for it yep. um it's still got six days as of today um and it's up oh, to yeah. 400 460 dollars okay uh, so it's doing pretty well so it may have an opportunity to to bid on it but uh, yeah, 
have a man. It's gonna be so many toys for them children, bro. Them children's. Yeah. yeah. It's the first yeah, time I've done anything like that, so I'm I'm pretty stoked to just have uh, completed an army of that size because it was like twenty two fifty, and then uh, yeah, to see how it sells. So. For those of y'all curious, we're actually talking about the Freebooters army that we've been talking about on the past few episodes. He painted up the Dark Angels army that was part of the Freebooters uh, uh, Toys for Tot auction. Uh, by the time you hear this, it's probably already going to be over. Uh, this won't air until next Sunday, so oh okay, yeah, yeah, it should be it should be over by then. We but, we just shouted we just shouted it out though on the previous episode, so it, I mean it's been shouted out on every episode and. Uh, the Eye of Horus guys have been shouting it out, and yeah. we have it on our Facebook and everywhere else. So it's got Sweet. exposure. Sweet. Well, hey, I appreciate it. I, uh, I enjoy the show a lot, and you guys keep up the good work. Thanks for cool, man. Time, tell, man. Uh, tell, your, tell your buddy thanks for listening, too, the one that uh, wrote in about the Stormbird. I hope we were able to help him, too. Yeah, definitely. I will. Sounds good, man. Appreciate talking to you, dude. All right. Catch you so, later. Uh, Y'all guys, get ready for the Ben Porter closeout and the sweet, sweet music. See ya.